11. It's 69 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. A lot of uh, weather and nature-related news this morning. Alberto is downgraded to a subtropical depression. The storm has been weakening significantly since making landfall yesterday afternoon on the Florida Panhandle. Alberto will continue to bring the threat of heavy rain, though, as it moves inland and heads up the Tennessee Valley. Several inches of rain are still forecast to fall in areas hit by Alberto. And two years after flooding devastated the town of Ellicott City, Maryland residents there dealing with another deluge over the weekend, leaving rescue crews searching for a missing man and cars, stores and houses swept up in the water of the historic downtown area. Nearly eight inches of rain swamped the town on Sunday, causing flash flooding and bringing back memories of similar flooding that left two people dead two years ago. That was the craziest video I've seen. I could not believe how high and fast it was. Oh, I know. It looked like if Millvale got flooded, but water was coming out of the second story of the of the homes. Yep. Yeah. When we were out in L.A., we did that uh, Hollywood Studios movie tour, mm-hmm. and they had this this uh, this street where they could recreate a flash flood, and there's just a river coming down the middle of the street, and it looks just insane. And that's what that looked like. It looked like yeah. not real. And lava continues to destroy more homes on Hawaii's big island. At least 51 houses have been consumed since Kilauea started erupting earlier this month. The lava flows now cover around four square miles. Explosions also continue at the summit, sending ash plumes thousands of feet into the air. Officials are warning people with respiratory issues they need to stay inside. A man is under arrest and two others being sought after a nine dollar heist in mount oliver on saturday investigators say 46 year old james evans pulled a gun on the victim on locust avenue and knocked the man to the ground evans was arrested and faces assault and firearms charges a world war ii veteran is getting his high school diploma 74 years after the fact robert lockard received his high school diploma from circle diploma from circleville high school in ohio on sunday lockard said he was having a tough time back in school in 1944 when he walked out of the classroom and decided to join the civilian conservation corps as a medic he then became a chef at a restaurant in nevada lockard was then drafted into the army as a rifleman in the infantry he wiped away tears from his eyes during the Sunday ceremony saying it means everything to me all these years that I've thought about this. Well, right on the heels of the big burgers at home on the grill day comes this news. Five Guys is America's favorite burger spot. Really? That is according to a Harris Poll survey. This is the second year in a row Five Guys has taken top honors in Harris's Burger Brand of the Year. Last year, the chain broke in and outs two-year winning streak. More than 77,000 people were surveyed to determine the winner among 17 different burger chains. Well, I think they have a better shot at winning by virtue of the fact that they are franchised across the United States and in and out doesn't come across the, the Mississippi, Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. It's only West Coast. Right. I don't, I don't know how that even compares. You know what I mean? Like, how would that even be, unless you're surveying only people in California mm-hmm. that have both? Internet, I don't know why I have, they haven't moved over here yeah, that, to the East Coast yet. Uh, it really is delicious. I I love Five Guys, too, but... The Five Guys fries. The, it's the, Those fries are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think In-N-Out can compete with the fries. The fries at uh, In-N-Out are not the, the reason to go there. The burger at In-N-Out makes you feel like you're eating a healthy burger. <laughs> you're not. And they toast their bun. 
Yeah. And the people and they are got so the nice. animal sauce. Yeah. And probably in a cult. <laughs> yeah. Arizona police hunting for a suspect who's been running around sniffing the laundry of strangers. The creep has been spotted at several homes in Phoenix where he sneaks into backyards and helps himself to a snoot full of freshly washed clothing. One victim says she spotted the guy in her yard when her motion detector light went off and prompted her to go to the window where she saw him with his face buried in her laundry. I would think the light would have scared him away, but apparently not. <laughs> nope. Uh, one guy who lives next door said, quote, just hopped back there and started smelling laundry. Not good. It's a pervert smelling laundry. I've got little kids, and if I saw that video of that guy smelling my kid's laundry, I would lose it. End quote. Police are investigating. I am a pervert (laughs) smelling laundry. (laughs) Those people have to get a donkey. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Keep the perverts away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Send finally, me a picture of a donkey with a pervert in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the producers of Sesame Street are suing over Melissa McCarthy's raunchy puppet movie. Sesame Workshop filed a suit last week claiming the Happy Time Murders tarnishes the show's trusted brand and that its use of the tagline, No Sesame, All Street, is unauthorized. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this, but I was alarmed. Yeah, when me too. I saw it, <laughs> I could not believe they show puppets having sex and showing the money shot too. Oh, that happens. Well, yeah. Ooh. What was the? And it looks like uh, they're using like uh, uh, s- the string, like oh silly yeah, silly string. Yeah, silly. They use silly string, what which is like the... part of the joke. What was the America? Puppets? Team uh, America, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wasn't that, that was pretty raunchy, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that oh, was, but it wasn't God, the Muppets. Was. These are like actual. It looks like they're from the Muppet family, like a generic Muppet. I think Jim Henson's kid directed it, mm. which he would. I cannot imagine Jim Henson would be okay with that. But I don't know. I asked Frank Oz on Twitter what he thought about it. He didn't get back to me yet. <laughs> Frank Oz, of course, the voice of. Many, I mean, hundreds of Muppets. Fozzie Bear. Yoda. I'm impressed he's on Twitter. Yeah. You surprised Frank Oz is on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, he just got on not long ago. He's great. You should follow Frank Oz. I will. He he has all kinds of... Everything he puts on Twitter leads you to believe there's no way Jim Henson would be okay with his kid directing (laughs) a a hard R movie with Muppet puppets in it. Uh, Get those Muppet puppets out of that movie. Get those Muppet puppets out. Pretty disgusting, gross day today. Hot and humid chance of thunderstorms. 90 for the high today. It's 67 at DVE. The DVE Halloween party featuring a paranormal evening with Alice Cooper. That's right. Halloween, October 26th is going to be our party. That's a Friday night at Stage AE. And we got the one and only Alice Cooper. Tickets on sale now at uh, Ticketmaster and the stage. You know, I was thinking about you the other day because uh, when it was uh, 70 on Friday, the ice cream man was going around my neighborhood. Don't say that word out loud. <laughs> Jesus, if my kid's anywhere near, don't say ice cream man. You're killing me, Randy. I ain't coming down here no more. Oh, jeez. I'm screaming dinner out the door for an hour and a half. My son says, I didn't hear you, but he could hear that ice cream man. If he's in a collapsed mine, his bells are on his truck. <laughs> Oh, I tried closing windows. In a collapsed mine, he could hear the ice cream. Oh, I tried, no matter where he's at. I tried closing windows, running the lawnmower, asking a bird to blare the fire whistle, but he still hears it. Oh, man. And no matter how many coins I put in my change, Dar, 
magically keeps getting smaller and smaller each day. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a great collection of framed steak quarters and a sack of Jaweer dollar. Yep, <laughs> they're all gone. I got 50 cents worth of states left. Oh, I tell you, Ice Cream Man is putting his kids through college from my change car. I don't even think he goes down any other streets anymore. He just, he just pulls up right to my ass. And one night out there, he's parked right down the driveway like it's Cape Fear. Oh, jeez. Hey, you know what? Why does that Ice Cream Man look like he lives in the ice cream truck? I'm telling you guys right now, something ain't, ain't nothing, something's not right there, I'll tell you. Well, now, you know, uh, there's a lot of fun that comes along with summer. It's not all annoying. You know, I know the ice cream yeah. man may be annoying, oh, annoying. You, but the kids love it now. The weather's going to be turning soon, and that means, you know, uh, because it's been so warm coming out of winter, we've seen more bugs than ever. Well, at least there ain't no stink bugs yet. <laughs> they stress yet. Yeah, but, you know, good thing is, you know, you got them lightning bugs come around, and everyone likes the lightning bugs. Uh -huh. The kids are chasing the lightning bugs, trapping them. Convincing themselves that they can keep them alive for years in jars with grass clippings. Last <laughs> year, you're telling me that we don't need Duquesne Lightning anymore because they're going to power the house with lightning bugs. <laughs> uh, my kids are real prodigies, I'll tell you what. Well, now, what kind of games are your kids, uh, that, what do they like to play? Do you keep them inside the house or outside the house? Or, I'll keep them outside as yeah. much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stay outside. It's tough with the video games now. What, uh, do you, what do they do when you go outside? Oh, when you can get them outside, you're probably going to get a couple of you know hide-and-seek or ghost-ghost in the graveyard oh, yeah. games. In your yard, <laughs> ghost coast in the graveyard. Yeah, but you ain't problem there. Some suit, some genius kid will be stuck under the porch because he hid under there. <laughs> some other jerk ball will be tramping all of your good tomato plants. And Jeffy gets lost for three hours because he went past the boundaries and couldn't find his way back. <laughs> But that means, uh, of course, the, 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 the natural progression, kids will want to start camping outside. Oh, who doesn't want to camp outside? That's, that's, a, that's the key to a good summertime evening, I'll tell yeah. you what. Let them go out there and camp in the backyard for a night. Uh, they'll pack that tent full of snacks, board games, good cat's cushions. Hey, they even tried to pour a coffee table out there. Oh, I tell you, they was really roughing it. I said, you want me to hook the fridge out there and have Comcast come up and, and hook the cable? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can just go ahead and live out there. I'll forward your mail. Oh, jeez. I'll tell you, they're out there spending the whole night just staring through the window, looking at me and Deb watch TV. <laughs> faces are pressed up against the window like one of them Garfield dolls in your car. What the hell fun is that? I says, go on a snipe hunt or something. <laughs> Send him on a snipe hunt. Sure. Right. You know, get out there. What are you doing? Next, they're outside your bedroom door at 2 a.m. because a daddy long legger got in the tent. <laughs> oh, geez, run for the hills. Uh, here, I'll tell you that, though. The tent will eventually kill my grass, house a hornet's nest, and then blow away in a thunderstorm. You'll never see it again. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pesuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, Mike. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Colin Miller of the Vegas Golden Knights opened scoring in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final at 7.15 of the first period, and Tomas Nosek closed it with an empty net goal at 19.57 of the third. In between, there were eight other goals in a wild game one, Vegas takes it 6-4 to four in a game that uh, had just about everything <laughs> you could ask for or imagine. Including horrible ice. Yes, and uh, the typical horrible officiating. Uh, the ice uh, made it appear as if they were playing with a Super Bowl at times. The puck bouncing around like a basketball. Mm -hmm. Players uh, having a hard time keeping their feet. And uh, how about all those lead changes? Uh, 
This became the third game in NHL playoff history and the first in Stanley Cup final history to feature four lead changes. That also happened uh, in Game 2 of the 1936 quarterfinals and Game 2 of the 1992 division semifinals. That was uh, a Kings 8-5 to victory over the Oilers. Crazy stuff, but uh, the uh, talking point uh, coming out of Game 1 seems to be the hit that Tom Wilson delivered on Jonathan Marceau at 5.33 of the third period. Marceau passing the puck and then getting drilled by Wilson. There was uh, a discussion, all four of the officials, both referees and both linesmen, uh, having a long chat after that. Initially, no penalty was called. They came up with uh, Wilson, two for interference, and David Perron, two for cross-checking. Wow. I, I thought it was a dirty hit from Wilson, another one in a long line of dirty hits, and uh, should have just been penalized. I thought that's why Wilson. it was that. That's why it, w- it remained a story on Twitter because he's a serial offender. Yeah, that occurred. A point. That so, that being the case, if it's uh, Joe Smith, is anybody bitching about it? I uh, think they're bitching about people botching the call. They're saying, yeah, that's a botched call, and it ends there because there's no other history to draw on. This is a guy who is a repeat offender. It matters. To d- suggest that somebody's history doesn't play a role in how you interpret something that happens is disingenuous at best. I, I don't know. Disingenuous is the word. What's the uh, word? Every hit that he makes is not egregious, illegal, intent to injure. No, the, the worst but, thing no that ever I happened. know, but he has made a lot of them. He has. He's been you sus- have to go he, out he of your way to defend Tom Wilson. He has here. been suspended three times. You have to season. go out of your way to defend Tom Wilson. I that. think it should have been a two-minute penalty. For All right, so there you go. It was a dirty hit. But I also think, um, well. Yeah, that's a dirty hit. You just said it's a penalty. I, that's dirty. Okay, so every penalty's dirty then. T- uh, technically. Every, so then Ryan Reeves. Otherwise, they wouldn't go to the penalty box. It would be clean. Feel shame. Well, you can you can violate the rule. I, don't know, I guess dirty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, it, it's, it's an illegal hit. Let's, yeah, let's a way late hit let's from a guy it. who didn't have the puck, wasn't looking yeah. at him at all. No worse and less impactful on the game than the blatant cross check they allowed. No Ryan one's going to argue argue Ryan on Reeves that. To get away with. But the Tom Wilson defending needs to stop. Yeah, two and a half minutes before that, Ryan Reeves cross checked John Carlson out of the way in the slot, and then collected a puck in the slot and scored uh, what at the time was the goal that made it a four four game, which uh, directly impacted things. And there was no call on that. There's no outrage over that. And there's no complaint about the way Ryan Reeves plays, who plays a very similar game to Tom Wilson, by the way, except he's not as good. Um, I wonder what his penalty minutes are comparatively. His goals definitely aren't up there, although he's had two huge ones yeah, in the last, last two, two games. games. Uh, the, the conference winning goal in uh, the <laughs> Western Conference Final and uh, a critical goal with Vegas down 4-3 to three after – Mark Andre Fleury kicked one into his own net to give the Caps a 4-3 lead. Uh, if Ryan Reeves had been cross-checking people throughout the postseason... Which he probably has been, as a lot of guys... I don't know how been. many minutes he's getting compared to Wilson, yeah. is my point. Like, it, it would be a bigger deal. This is more about his history. Because yeah. the stuff in front of the net, we talk about this all the time, that's just kind of accepted. Yeah, you know, but they said, swallow their whistles in big games all the time. T.J. Oshie got chopped down about three times on the Caps' lone power play because he was having the audacity to try to provide a little net front presence, and that's just considered part of the game. It, to me, it, it it was compelling, it was entertaining, it was exciting, but it highlighted so much of what, what's wrong with the NHL. 
in terms of the product they're presenting versus what they're trying to present, I think. And the bad ice just made it all the more unpredictable. Uh, it, it was tough to make skilled plays, although that was a hell of a one-timer by Nosek on uh, what <laughs> turned out to be the game winner after uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly failed to clear the zone and uh, the Knights able to execute a cross-crease pass and uh, bang one in from close range. Uh, if you are uh, wondering about the uh, percentages, since the Stanley Cup Final went to a best-of-seven format in 1939, the team that wins game one has gone on to win 78.2% of the time, 61 of 78, including each of the last six years. The last team to lose game one and then end up winning the Cup was the Bruins in 2011 against Vancouver. Man, this thing's just getting started, and... Uh, I can't imagine the ice is going to be any better in Game 2. It'll probably be worse. They were talking last night on TV about uh, potential 100-degree temperatures in Las Vegas. Well, maybe they shouldn't have a Broadway show before the game. I was going to say, they could probably do away with some of the pyrotechnics in the building. (laughs) Maybe the season shouldn't go until mid-June either. But uh, There's that, too. That's an economic thing. The one thing I do like is bringing in Michael Buffer. In his 14th season... The three-time All-Star goalie, number 29, Mark Andre Fury. <laughs> Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble. At least they gave the Caps guy a sword this time. Yeah, that was nice. He had a fighting chance. It was finally a, a fair fight. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. I saw the opening one against the Kings when it was a sword against a flag. That, so, that didn't go well for the guy fight. with the flag. Do they do that for every home game regular season also? Or is it just a playoffs? I, I believe it's I just don't the playoffs. Know. Okay. But I've just it's, been watching during the playoffs, and yeah. it's been so over the top. But I, I got to say, I, I like it. The fans seem to like it. It's their show. If if I was there, like that's I'm looking at it not through my eyes, not through my jaded eyes, but I'm trying to think about a kid seeing that and just losing his mind. At the theatrics, the over-the-top. Looked to me like last night they were about fresh out of ideas. Yeah, they peaked I, with the Jets. I didn't get to see what I, – I didn't grasp what the point of that was. <laughs> just come out and say, let's just play hockey. They were trying to tell I mean, some story and it, they're blasting video on the ice and blowing up Caps guys. And, wasn't it cannonballs at the – Yeah. The, going mm-hmm. across Catapult, the ice? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's their show. Uh, the Capitol should make fun of him in Game Three and like start the same thing and have the Golden Knight come out and the Capitol guy just pull out a gun and poof, shoot him <laughs> and just skate off the ice. <laughs> yeah. Just we have like better technology, just total Indiana, sword, jo- yeah. Indiana Jones style, just <laughs> end of it. Or just let Tom Wilson take care. Oh of yeah, it. that'd be a better way to do it. Let Tom I'm Wilson hit him from behind the- when he wasn't looking. Yeah, he hit him from the side, yeah. shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> this is the way I characterize it, though, guys. I I think that. You know, what I characterize a dirty hit as is somebody who's out there trying to injure players, knock them out of the game. I think that, that that's what the NHL is trying to get away from. And then you're on that fine line of are, are you trying to finish the check and hit the guy as hard as you possibly can and be a physical presence, or are you trying to take him out? And if you play on that line and you end up on the wrong side of it too many times, you're a dirty player. And Matt Cook, you got you, you like you get run out of the league. How, there's just not that many guys doing that anymore. Yeah, Gerard Gallant thought it was uh, a major, should have been a major penalty. And the Caps said Coach Barry Trotz thinks his guy's going to be available for game two. Oh, he always does. What else is he going to say? 
Yeah, they should suspend them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious to see what they do. Don't probably not nothing. Do they won't do anything. They won't do anything, and he's just going to take somebody else's head off. He missed a little time. He uh, he was shaken up on the play, Mars or so, and he had to go into the dark room for a little bit, and then he came back. So, Oh, well, yeah, then there's definitely nothing. Pour a little Bordeaux on it and get back on the ice. Yeah, a little Chateau Margot. <laughs> Controversy in the Pirates game yesterday as well. Uh, Bucks lose 7 to nothing, but everybody emerged uh, talking about a slide by Anthony Rizzo into Elias Diaz. In the eighth inning, uh, that was on a uh, attempted home to first double play by the Pirates, and the throw ended up sailing uh, into the right field corner, and the Cubs got a couple runs on the play. Uh, it was reviewed. It was called uh, a legal slide by the umpires on the field. It was reviewed, called a legal slide, and then Clint Hurdle went crazy and got thrown out. And uh, Joe Madden thought it was a good baseball play, the Cubs manager. So did Barry Trotz. I'm sure he did. Um, <laughs> perhaps more uh, significant or uh, more intriguing uh, from the Pirates' perspective is the uh, incident in the dugout immediately after the game. David Freeze had to be separated from third base coach Joey Cora. And then the Bucks had, uh, I don't know what uh, could have been the issue there because the Pirates only got two hits. I don't know if they got a guy to third base all day. Yeah. So I don't know what Cora did wrong. Uh, Pirates also reportedly had a team meeting after the game. They've lost 8 of 10. They've got the Cubs again tonight. Oh, boy. And the attendance over the weekend was dismal. And and beyond that, there were a lot of Cardinals fans pumping up the dismal attendance. And it sounded like there were a lot of uh, Chicago fans yesterday. I I saw Chicago fans all over downtown yesterday. Oh, yeah. I went Sunday, and there was uh, a lot of St. Louis representation. Now, I thought it was dirty of Rizzo to go out of his way to slide into that team meeting. <laughs> I mean, he just took out several guys. <laughs> Comedy Fest coming up. Oh, it's the DVE Morning Show. You guys have a good Memorial Day weekend, Val. Uh, it wasn't too bad. Pretty busy. How about you? Did you have a little grilling action yesterday? Did you go back up to Erie? I did not, no. I went. I did a long-ass bike ride in that, and then I did... Ooh, hot. Uh, it was so hot. Swampy. A lot of critters out when it's that hot, too. Yeah. On the trails. Bugs. Three turtles. Oh. Tons of rabbits. Two huge snakes. Huge out on Montour Mm -hmm. Trail. Huge. The funny thing about that I love about, like, I try to bike. There's a million trails around here. And I'm just, I'm so sick of having done the same cardiovascular, you know, for the last umpteen years in a gym Mm -hmm. that I wanted to get out and you know, get outside again, but yeah. I can't run. I cannot. I, I cannot run. Well, biking is good. And yeah, biking's better for your joints. So, and I'm all about my joints. So, <laughs> the thing I like about biking on 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 trails like Montour Trail is there's always a middle aged Yinzer dude on like a Schwinn that's like 30 years old <laughs> that he's just taken out because it's a Banana nice day, seat. and he's going. 50 miles an hour on this thing somehow <laughs> wearing dirty sneakers a Steelers shirt huge sunglasses mm-hmm. and a big mustache and he probably had a few beers and he's just going out for a ride <laughs> working off some steam and he cut and he's like they're always coming at you it looks like the bike could fall apart possibly and they're, they always got like uh you know either either cut off jean shorts or like you know the big old cargo shorts or just jeans <laughs> straight up jeans just jeans 80 degrees just jeans and then they, they're always going way faster than you think. And they come by you, they're like, 
you're looking at him like, oh, this guy is a total caricature, you know? <laughs> like, I love this guy already. <laughs> and he's coming at you, and then he's like, boom! Just flies past you. <laughs> like, dude, that bike has to be 30 years old. You got your old Keds on. Still cruising. And you are kicking ass. This is the first day of his new life. <laughs> exactly. No, then I did a Northside picnic with my girlfriend. It was nice. Oh, it was really very awesome. nice. Yeah, I was, no, it was, it was awesome. Did you guys do a family picnic? We didn't. We just had like sort of a low-key weekend. I was working. I was in Columbus with uh, oh, yeah, our that boy go? Steve Byrne. Oh, it was fantastic. That's one of my favorite clubs. You know, a lot of it, a lot of um, good times in Columbus. Like uh, my career really kind of started there. You know, going up there and doing one of those showcases uh, for for this this guy Dave Stroop, and you know he books fifteen twenty clubs. So I got to perform up there one time a long time ago, and he started booking me, and and things kind of took off for me after that. So I always love to go back up to Columbus. Out of all the the fake mall towns that we visit, <laughs> Easton is is my favorite. I mean, I, I honestly would raise my kids there. Yeah, and it looked really. like some people were. You know, there was a <laughs> fountain in front of the Cheesecake Factory, and uh, it was a little bit of a white trash birdbath. Was it those it was ones nice. that shoot right <laughs> up yeah. out of the cement? Yeah. And it looked like people were just, you know, kind of raising their kids there. <laughs> and then I went and hung out and sat in restoration hardware on that furniture, because oh, that's lovely. pretty much the only time I'm going nice. to be able to sit on that furniture. <laughs> it's so expensive. Yeah. Everything they have is ridiculous. A little too pricey. Yeah. I bought towels from there one time just because I wanted to have something from there, and it was... I got to get a co-signer. <laughs> Still making payments on those things. What do you know, the financing is ridiculous. What would you do? Uh, I was up at Schultz Ford in Wexford oh, yesterday. Hey, and uh, then we had some friends helping uh, Tim do some demolition work at the house. My so God. I, what I, uh, are you got? Are you I building did. Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing a ton of reno. Yeah, so I did. Uh, I just made some burgers and dogs on the grill when I got home. You guys should have just had Chip and Joanna Gaines come up here. Knock it all out. Yeah, really. In a weekend. I got to come up with a name for this thing you're building because I don't, it gets, every time I talk to you, it's bigger. I thought you were just well, no, about done. No, she, it's in phases. She ran out herself out of her house. She's in yeah. the backyard now. I'm living in a camper <laughs> for the summer. Dude, what are and you doing? We have a toilet on the front porch. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, not because that's where you go to the toilet. No, just right. because. Oh, I said, is it is it functional? No, it is okay. not. Just Thank sitting God. there. Did you put? Did you do the Pittsburgh thing and put put some flowers in it? Uh, not yet. Yeah, it becomes a, a good potted yeah. uh, plant facility. Yeah. Throw some daisies in there. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be an. Are you excited summer. about sleeping in a camper all summer? Um, it's not too bad. It has air conditioning. I was just so, going to say. Yeah, that would be not good if. Oh, it's too, not in this weather. Well, it's already ninety degrees in yeah. May. Is, this does, is BS weather. Does a family member have a camper, or are you renting one? No, we got one. The humidity yesterday Ugh. was so brutal. Yeah, it was pretty na- nasty. It just there. did not move. And it's probably going to be the same or worse today. Really? Worse, yeah. It's, it's going to be, be 90. 90. When is it letting up? Never. God, it's... I mean, not for the foreseeable future. I know. We looked at the the, the forecast sucks. It's is this going to be summer? A bunch of the whole rain summer? and yeah. we went thunderstorms. From, we went from winter. No spring yeah. to 90 degrees in humid. Like two days of spring. This sucks. 
And boy, I'm I'm feeling like I I really am turning into my dad. Like I worked so much in the garage yesterday. <laughs> like and I had the the ball game on and I'm in the garage and I'm just like awesome. cleaning up Manly and I'm tr- stuff. And I'm trying to show like my wife and my daughters like, "Hey, come look at what I did." And they don't care at all. <laughs> I'm a dad. I'm like, "You don't understand what I just did in here. I changed the whole landscape." Yeah. They don't care. I felt bad for Tim yesterday. He was up on the roof. I'm like, man, that's Ooh. a bad day to be on the roof. Yeah, it was a wow. scorcher. That was a hot-ass day to yeah. be on the roof. I had a power washer out the other day, and I went mad with power washer power. <laughs> I swear that's what happens every time. If you if you plug a power washer in and start using it, it's you will so power fun. wash your whole house. Oh, my God. I was power washing everything. I'm like, what is that thing over there? <laughs> Guess I'll never find <laughs> out. Just blow it down the block. <laughs> what were you doing? Do you have a deck? Or uh, the back patio is like stone, and it has moss all over it, oh, so you can't because it gets off. wet, and people like do the old, uh, you know, three stooges fall on that thing. Oh, slippery, yeah. So you have to get the moss off it. So you know, you put the algae killer soap on there, and it takes most of it off. But this, it's pretty thick back there, so you got to take you got to take the power washer. But the problem is, it's so dense. That you, the only setting that will actually power it off is like the really thin stream. So oh. You're basically making <laughs> little like, like a, a line. And <laughs> dude, that that water is so powerful at that at that degree that you you, you can straight up crack your stones. Oh, I know. So uh, I'll crack your stones. <laughs> but I was just drawing like squiggly crack. lines on it, trying to get because it you know there was no there was no other way to do it than to try to break it up and then change the setting on it oh yeah and then hope that after i had sort of broken it up on each stone that it would with a wider spray be able to wash off but it wasn't man so i mean every every stone took forever and i was thinking about how much water i was using i'm like i am straight up this everything i'm doing right now (laughs) is horrible for the environment i got a 15 year old power washer chugging away over there (laughs) probably leaking oil belching out yeah Just tons of water everywhere, and I didn't care. I'm like, and then the best part is how dirty you are after your power wash. It's just all over you, just muck and all the backsplash and everything. Mm. But it's so fun. No, of course not. No, it's so fun. Yeah. Did you have have pants on or did you have shorts? Shorts. Ooh. It was too hot to wear pants. Yeah. I just went straight Ghostbusters, just like turn around and see something. (laughs) Saw a huge spider. I'm like, later. (laughs) (laughs) They're so fun. Oh, yeah. My buddy uh, got one and was just doing, he started doing his windows and then he ended up power washing his entire house. (laughs) Yeah, it's very easy. (laughs) He's like, whoa, look at all the dirt. You know how dirty the outside of this house was? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you have to clean it, though. They're great fun. Uh, All right. uh, Valerie, what do you got cooking here when we come back? I'm going to tell you why one Nevada brothel is cheering for the Golden Knights. Uh, Billy Gardell will be joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, don't forget, the DVE Comedy Fest increased by one show. We added Doug Benson, Doug Loves Movies podcast, which is an absolute blast. You can get tickets for that at DVE.com. That'll be Saturday. 
We, we spill over into the next day now. It's a 420 show. All of Doug's shows start at 420. And uh, you can get your tickets for that right now at dve.com. It's 68 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Manhattan prosecutors plan to use the Cosby retrial strategy in the Harvey Weinstein case. The New York Post is reporting they want to call as many of Weinstein's accusers as possible to the witness stand to paint a pattern of sexual misconduct. It worked in the Cosby retrial while where six women were allowed to testify against him. Cosby got off the first time around when only one woman testified. Weinstein has been charged with sexually assaulting two women, but prosecutors say they do hope to talk to the dozens of women in New York, California, Canada, and Europe who claim they were victimized by Weinstein. Grand jury proceedings are underway while Weinstein is free on a million dollars bail. And Morgan Freeman heading back to work amid claims lodged against him of alleged sexual harassment. The 80-year-old actor was seen yesterday on the set of the movie The Poison Rose. In a CNN report last week, eight different women accused Freeman of harassment and inappropriate behavior that allegedly occurred at his production company Revelations Entertainment. Freeman has denied the claims and said he would never intentionally offend anyone or make them feel uneasy. He also said Friday he is devastated that his life is now at risk of being undermined. And three Mario Batali restaurants in Vegas shutting down. That news comes after New York police confirmed to 60 Minutes. It is investigating a woman's claims that the celebrity chef drugged and sexually assaulted her in 2005 at a West Village hotspot uh, called the Spotted Pig. 300 workers at Carnivino Italian Steakhouse, B&B Ristorante, and Otto Enoteca, a pizzeria at the Venetian and Palazzo Resorts, are being notified of the July 7th, uh, 27th closures. Vitaly's restaurant empire started crumbling last December, and he was forced to resign from ABC's The Chew after four women accused the uh, chef of sexual misconduct. For for more. Yeah. Well, at the time. Yeah. He's he's ratcheted up quite a list at this yeah. point. Um, Another one bites the dust. It's uh, it keeps going and going. How about mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman? He had an affair with his step granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Step. I'm trying to do the math. Granddaughter. On that. I can't even picture it in my head. That is so weird. She was murdered. Not because of that, but like later on, she went yeah. on to be murdered. I think by her. Was it a boyfriend? boyfriend? Yeah, but. He, I don't think he adopted her or anything like that, or had any sort of real, like, legal tie to her. Yeah. But that's weird. At it's a minimum. Weird. It's definitely weird. It's not Woody Allen level weird, but it's it's weird. Yeah. Well, she wasn't a minor at the time, was right. she? No, right. Important distinction. But it's just strange. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, officials say two people are recovering after reportedly being struck by lightning in Beaver County. Authorities were called to the 100 block of Kennedy Drive in Center Township last night. Family members say they initially called 911 because they thought a tree got struck by lightning but ended up being two people. If you're planning on flying anywhere this summer, expect crowds at the airport. More than 246 million passengers are expected to fly to their destinations this summer. But if you know which days to avoid, it might be possible to travel without too much chaos. According to operations data from the FAA, the busiest days to fly in the summer are historically the three Thursdays after the 4th of July. So this year, that would be July 5th, 12th, and 19th. Mm. 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 Start planning a trip. (laughs) 
So avoid those days in the airport. Oh. In just in the airport. Those are no those no are the days. Those are, days. Yeah, yeah, those are the busiest days. And a survey found one third of us work on vacation. Even sadder is the reason why. According to the survey, we work on vacation because we can't enjoy ourselves knowing we have work to do. So we go on vacation to relieve stress, but then we work on those vacations because we're stressed that things at work might not be getting taken care of. I don't look at it as they might not be getting taken care of as much as I look at it that I don't want. I get anxiety about the workload that will be piled up or responsibilities that I need to account yeah. for. Yeah. Like I came in if, for three hours yesterday morning. Yeah, you're nuts. This <laughs> is trying to get a jump on things. But if I'm away, if I'm out of town for a, like a number of days, uh, you know, I'll check emails, answer a bunch of stuff, tie up some loose ends at least. So it feels less like, oh, I got to get everything done in right. the 24 hours before I return to work. Because I never do all that stuff before a vacation. No. So I always think about it midweek, like, ooh, I probably should have tied that up before I left. <laughs> but it piles up. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than getting that email while you're on vacation. Like, I need to know by 3 o'clock today, and it was sent on Tuesday. Right. And it's, you know, it's Friday afternoon, and you're having a cocktail. Like, oh, great. Oh, how, many, how many times a day do you check your work email when you're on vacation? No, I mean, not very much at all. Well, good for you. I check. I try not to, but probably once a day. The people who know how to get a hold of me, right? If it's an emergency, use my personal email. People will get you. So I'd see that before I'd see the work one. So it's a few days before I'll check work email. My personal one is turned into a burner account just because (laughs) I keep having to fill out my my email address for every single purchase I've ever made, and now all those things just spam me. Yeah, that's all my personal one is too. I'm like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe, leave me alone. I like how they give you the option on a lot of them now at the top of the email on, at least in the Apple mail, where in the iCloud, they like have a little button at the top, like, do you want to unsubscribe from this? Mm -hmm. You want us to do you a favor? Would you like us to take care of this for you? And then you just hit it and it just automatically goes to the unsubscribe. That's helpful because I still get emails from those people. It's all just a show. Like, yeah, we're still totally going to send you emails at three o'clock in the morning for no reason. Joke's on you. Uh, uh, The the point is this. Nobody feels like they can go on vacation and truly relax because they're worried that they're they're not holding up their end of the bargain because everybody feels like they're they're not indispensable. That is by design. The employers want you to feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why when when you hear stories about like the French or like in France, it's illegal. You get so much vacation time; yeah. it's ridiculous. And they've made laws that your like employers are not allowed to to send emails or expect you to answer emails after work hours. And they go, "Oh, that that's weak. The French are weak." They're like, "Yeah, no, we just like to you know spend the majority of our time on vacation. We are happy, huh?" <laughs> You guys are doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, of course, taking on the Washington Capitals in the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Players on both teams, of course, want to win, but there is extra incentive for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. A Nevada brothel has promised to throw a huge party for the team if they win. The team's success has boosted business at Sherry's Ranch with visiting tourists, so they want to show their appreciation by 
hosting the party with a full VIP guest experience. The madam of the bordello, a woman named Dina, thinks the Golden Knights will pull off the victory because the girls love the team and are great motivators, doing what they can to sweeten the pot. Maybe they should just name a hooker Stanley Cup and then everyone gets a day with her. (laughs) (laughs) It's my day with Stanley Cup. Where are you going to start? Well, I was mm. going to say something, but yeah, I think I'll leave it out. When in doubt, yes, leave it out. Exactly. Def Leppard guitarist Phil Collin has taken a leave of absence from the band's tour with Journey. Singer Joe Elliott made the announcement Friday night during the band show in Hershey. He said, Phil Collin cannot be with us this evening. He has a family emergency back in California, so we're very blessed to have our very good friend Steve Brown who some of you may remember he stood in for Vivian Campbell when Vivian couldn't make a couple of shows a few years ago. Brown, the guitarist in Trickster. Dude, when I read that, I laughed so hard. (laughs) I didn't know Trickster still performed. They're like, our good friend from Trickster. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I read that whole interview and Steve Brown's like, you know what? Def Leppard songs are hard. Not like trickster songs. <laughs> trickster songs are really easy. It's like these Dev Lumber songs, they got parts. What uh what was was Give It To Me Good? Was that the trickster hit? I have no idea. It's just I didn't expect I, I, I forgot that I knew there was a band named Trickster at yeah. one point, and when I saw that in the story, it just made me giggle. I almost sent it to you as a matter of fact. Because <laughs> that rank, ranks right up there with with kicks and keel to me. Mm-hmm. Those were the B-level hair bands yeah. that barely sniffed success, but had the dumb name and, and the an, hair and an X in there. Like you know, that was always an important thing. If you can figure out a way to get an X in there uh-huh. somehow, trickster, yeah, dude. No word on uh, if that emergency is connected with Phil Collins' wife, Helen, and the imminent birth of their son, Def Leppard and Journey, playing PPG Paints Arena this Saturday. Again, if it was spelled like T R I C K S T E R. I well, might think it be. might be like uh, could be like a weird little jam band or something like hey they're a bunch of hacky sacking little weirdos <laughs> little math rock geeks but when you put the T R I X T E R you know what you got that is you know you're in for a night of hair metal dude that that is not a promotional plug you just gave them with that no look they're a bunch of hacky sacking weirdos <laughs> what i'm saying like that sounds like one of those jam band math rock you know geek out yeah. type things yeah that i love <laughs> that i geek out to <laughs> forecast today uh kind of gross hot and humid chance of thunderstorms 90 degrees for the high today in may yeah the dv morning show brown sugar um tomorrow 8,000 Starbucks stores are going to close. Oh, is that tomorrow? For anti-bias training. They are going to treat uh, or train their their employees to uh, be less racist. I don't know. This, <laughs> it's an admirable... <laughs> less. <laughs> we can't eradicate it all together. <laughs> like, it's going to be... Just not so much. Hopefully they're going to go a little further than that. <laughs> Maybe they're reason into it. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's an admirable uh, quest here. Don't don't get me We'd wrong. We'd like you to defer your racism till after work hours. But they're dial it down from a five minute major to a two minute. Right. Their new policy, though, of uh, like loiterers welcome. What's it called? Is that, is that the official? I, I don't think it's that's not. the that's official what, name. No, that's, but that's what I thought it was. Basically, but, you don't have to purchase anything and can come it, into it, right because they're terrified of of. 
upsetting anybody, but the newest commercial uh, they have, I mean, they really are sort of rolling over. At Starbucks, we've made a concerted effort to make everyone feel welcome. And that includes people who just have to take a in public. Starbucks is proud to introduce our new loiterer's welcome policy. Whether you're black, brown, white, or Asian, we don't give a crap, but you can take one here. Zero chance of you buying coffee because you just don't have a pot to piss in? Well, feel free to pinch a loaf in ours. And we're not just talking about public dumpers. We've learned our lesson, and we'll never kick anyone out of our store again for anything. Sit and stare at girls drinking lattes like a deranged weirdo. We don't care, especially if you're not white. Then you can really do all kinds of freaky stuff. It will take a lot for us to ask you to leave. And if we do, you can just say no, because we're terrified of the backlash. And that's good news for penniless derelicts. So even if you hate coffee, start a***ing your pants outside and have to finish the job inside, no problem. Use our bathroom as a hobo shower, clean up from a murder, and walk out whistling. <laughs> Loiter in Starbucks, where you don't have to drop a dime to drop a deuce. So there you go. It's a new coffee policy. Very interesting. Mike Pursuit will have your sports uh, coming up here at after the break. Game one goes to Marc-Andre Fleury and the Golden Knights. Not without controversy. But what a game it was. Man, and was that uh, also, yeah. the Buckos lose, but also not without controversy. A full report when we come back on DVE. Mike, have you uh, or were you ever in a talent show when you were younger? I was. What did you do? What was your talent? I played trombone in a jazz band that wow. won first place. Uh, my, man, that's way better than me. I, uh, Me and two friends lip sync to Mr. Sandman in pajamas. So <laughs> probably would not have cut it on America's Got Talent. They're way more talented than me. America does have talent, and that's why shows uh, such as America's Got Talent are so cool, because you never know where it's going to come from. It's singers, dancers, acrobats, musicians, com- comics, all kinds of talented people from all over the country. Unbelievably talented people. Simon Cowell, Heidi Klum, Howie Mandel, Mel B, and host Tyra Banks are all back for this season of America's Got Talent. So we can tell you about America's Got Talent, but... How would Simon Cowell sum it up? How would I sum up America's Got Talent? Joyful, funny, surprising, unpredictable. Right from the mouth of America's favorite judge. Yeah, the unpredictable part is what uh, sucks me in. Uh, I love that. Uh, I love the golden buzzer, Val. Lives can change. With the push of a button. Just the golden buzzer alone changes everything. So be there for every jaw-dropping moment. Great talent, as I said, and it's followed by the premiere of the new season of World of Dance tonight on NBC. Can't miss it. Comerg.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pesuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. The Vegas Golden Knights have a one-game-to-none lead in the Stanley Cup Final after last night's 6-4 win in Game 1. A back-and-forth affair played on crappy ice with a bouncing puck in the wake of a floor yeah. show. <laughs> That's an accurate depiction. But, man, was it fun. Had to be tough for the goaltenders all night. I mean, the puck was on end constantly. Tough for the guys trying to finish, too. Weird mm-hmm. bounces, yeah. Uh, but if you, I, I think that was the kind of game if you were a casual hockey fan or a non-hockey fan and you tuned in just to kind of see what was going on, you probably liked what you saw because there was something happening seemingly every couple of minutes 
A lot of stuff to talk about. Most people are probably going to be talking about Tom Wilson's hit on Jonathan Marceseau at 5.53 of the third period. Marceseau passing the puck and then watching it move its way up the ice and Wilson coming in and hitting him in the shoulder uh, well after after. the point at which Marceseau had ceded possession of said puck. Dirty hit, Mike. A dirty hit. An illegal hit, I'll say. It's a dirty hit. I'll say illegal. You say tomato, I say illegal. If it was a clean hit, there'd be no penalty. Well, not necessarily, this being the NHL. That's very true. But uh, let let me put it this way. Tom Wilson has done much worse. <laughs> that, that should that, not be the barometer is that a by defense which for we him judge him. No. Usually he's way no. more over the no. line. Than, Look than at this. some of my other hits. As They're his, way dirtier than yeah. this yeah. one. As dirty hit, his dirty hits go, that one was kind of clean. Well, uh, Ryan Reeves thought it was uh, kind of typical given the guy who delivered the hit. Yeah, it's late, and I hope the league does something about it, but that's just, uh, that's just Wilson being Wilson. Wilson being Wilson. And uh, a couple minutes prior to that, Ryan Reeves was Ryan Reeves. Uh, he got himself open in the slot by cross-checking Caps defenseman John Carlson to the ice and then burying one top shelf from close range. His second of the playoffs at 241. Made it four to four. That uh, countered a goal that was credited to Wilson, uh, his fourth of the year at one ten of the third period. That had given Washington a four to three lead. That one was actually kicked into the net by Mark Andre Fleury, uh, and then Vegas gets the eventual game winner from Tomas Nosek at nine forty four of the third, and an empty netter by Nosek. Uh, we'll see what happens with Wilson. Barry Trotz, of course, thinks he's not going to be suspended. Gerard Gallant thought it should have been a major penalty at the time. What they came up with after a lengthy discussion was two for interference on Wilson and two on David Perron for cross-checking. That way they didn't have to give anybody a power play. It didn't even make sense. uh, Each team had one shot with the man advantage. You guys watched that game. Do you think there was one penalty committed on each side? No. 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 It's the NHL. But look, again, like you pointed out, Reeves with the cross check, nothing called there. He gets yeah. the goal. No meeting of the minds, no no review, no not that you can review penalties that aren't called, but after the Wilson incident, they had a the linesman and the referees gathered together and they probably talked about, okay, what do we do here? We all missed this. Something obviously happened. How do we get out of this? Yeah. Well, again, you know, Doc always says it's history, not prophecy when talking about statistics. But when it comes to somebody in dirty hits, past is prologue. And that's just a fact. You you take that into account. And with Tom Wilson. Well, you're supposed they, to take it into account when you are administering discipline. At, it's right. It's supposed that, to be more severe if you are right. a repeat that's offender. What, that's my point. And if, the NHL, if you're not sure about whether or not a guy committed a penalty, you're not supposed to say, oh, he's committed a lot of penalties in the past. Let's call one. The fact that they're missing the totally call is what's you. most yeah. alarming to me. I, mean, I was speaking it. to the NHL yeah. and their eventual ruling on this, which will probably be nothing. If it's something, it's going to be significant because he's already missed three in the postseason. The next has to be five at yeah. least, right? If, if it's anything, it's got to be five, right? Which takes him out of the series basically wow they'll never take him out for that hit they I don't won't think, do i don't it. think anything's gonna happen the guy is perfect on skates i agree with you i mean it, like a really good player yeah, it's pretty good analogy. who tries to injure other players matt cook he's matt he cook. goes out of his way i think he's better than matt cook 
Oh, he's way. I, well, I won't say way better, but he's. He, I think he's better than Matt Cook as well. But he's good Matt at- Cook had a brief reprieve where he seemed to have gained his senses. Yeah, Cook was a pretty good player. Wilson's got a chance to be that. He's still in his development stages, but um, if he misses another five playoff games, he can't really say he's helping his team, can you? No, because that'll be eight playoff games he missed in one, being in a, one playoff year. A douche. I think that's how they'll word it, the uh, player safety <laughs> committee. They'll give you all the reasons, and they'll say, Tom Wilson is suspended for being a douche. How about, what do you think, you know, <laughs> what what clenched, jawed swear words came out of Zach Aston Reese's mouth last night as he recovers with a, yeah. you know, Jaws wired shut from the... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was probably sounding <laughs> That I thought that should have been a two-minute penalty, and then uh, the Five. game should have moved on. Major. Here's what uh, got my attention. The, the fact that each team got just one power play. And if they continue to call it that way, that's going to hurt Washington because their power play, which went 0-for-1 last night. Did you knock your mic off there, Mikey? Yeah, I did. There you go. Uh, Vegas was 1-for-1. One one. The Caps were 0-for-1. But I think the more power plays, it's going to favor Washington. The fewer power plays... It's going to favor Vegas. Puck was bouncing all over the place. Uh, the ice quality looked horrid to me, and <laughs> maybe they should stop with the flames and the and and, and the uh, uh, I don't even know what the hell whatever the medieval thing that is going on on the ice before each game. Yeah, the the indoor pyrotechnics probably is not yeah. great. Maybe for the no ice. more Renaissance Fair previews before the game starts. I don't know if it's going to be any better in Washington because it's going to be sticky in D.C. when the series moves there. And it's been so long since the Caps have been in the Stanley Cup final. I don't remember what it was like when they got swept by the Red Wings. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin was relatively quiet. He had uh, two shots on goal. He missed two. Excuse me. He had two blocked and missed one. Only five attempts for Ovi. That's un-Ovi-like. They're going to need more than that from him. Uh, Both goalies, I wouldn't say they were bad, but neither one of them was great. Um, That's as leaky as I've seen Holpe in these playoffs. Flurry, too. Flurry kicked one in. Um, presumably, the team with the better goaltending is going to win. Uh, neither neither guy took a step forward uh, in that regard. And uh, pucks to the slot seems like uh, the vast majority of the goals were uh, getting the puck in the vicinity of the blue pen, just whacking away. Particularly the way it was bouncing. Uh, game two is Wednesday night in Vegas. Pirates got beat 7 to nothing by the Cubs yesterday, but everybody came out of that one talking about a slide. Anthony Rizzo on Elias Diaz in the 8th inning. Uh the Pirates were trying to turn a uh 6-2-3 double play. Instead, they got the out at home plate, but Diaz threw the ball down the right field line after he was upended by Rizzo and uh, the Cubs got a couple more runs on their way to what became a laugher. Uh, Clint Hurdle doesn't understand. Uh, he thought there was a rule against that kind of thing, but uh, came away from uh, what transpired yesterday thinking maybe there is not. My position and my question is that at the end of the day, we, we put a rule in home plate to protect the catchers. And based on the information I, I got today, in the video I've been able to watch a few different times, it seems like we just put open season tags on the catchers on a forced play in front of home plate. Now, of course, uh, Joe Madden had a 180-degree uh, different interpretation of it. 
That's how you should teach your kids to slide and break up a double play at home plate. The catcher's got to clear the path. You have to teach proper technique. He's got to get out farther. He's got to keep his foot on the plate clear because that's absolutely what can happen. And I know, you know, because it happened to me. And the same thing happened. The ball went down the right field corner. Some other stuff did happen in that game, uh, including uh, David Freeze and Pirates third base coach Joey Cora uh, having to be separated in the dugout after the game was over. Uh, Clint Hurdle uh, telling reporters afterwards that that'll be taken care of in-house, as a lot of things are, uh, some things that people don't even hear about or see. And uh, the Pirates had a team meeting after the game. Um, and that, Rizzo went out of his way to slide into it. Just dirty. That in the wake of their eighth <laughs> loss in ten games. Uh, Sean Rodriguez telling the Post-Gazette, quote, we needed uh, what needed to be said actually was said. It was definitely spoken about. We definitely had to get together, and some things were said. It's either you bond together and move forward together, become that much stronger, or let something like this obviously separate you. I don't know. Yeah, what's what going you, on? Is it the 8 of 10 that uh, might obviously separate them? Is there something else? Uh, they were nine games over five hundred before this streak of eight losses in 10 games. Now they're 28 and 25. Fourth place in the NL Central, six back. They've got the Cubs again tonight at PNC Park, and Ivan Nova's not going to make his schedule start because he's on the DL. So Nick Kingham gets the ball against John Lester. Lester's four and two with a two point three seven ERA. Kingham two and one, three point four four in three starts. I was hopeful on Friday night when Kingham. Musgrove had that good start. What was that good? And yeah, and I thought, all right, you know what? They can win this series. Yeah. This might uh, this might be a, a nice turning point for them to uh, you know eliminate the doubters anyways, yeah. and, and, and they were in position to do that Sunday, up four to one, and then the bullpen blew up, and light crowds on a holiday weekend. Yeah, they went just over twenty uh, the first two games uh, or the last two against the Cardinals, I should say, in uh, nineteen yesterday. Not uh, not what you're looking for. No. 19608 uh, on Sunday against St. Louis after crowds of uh, just over 22,000 for the first two games of that series. And a lot of visiting fans in attendance. Don't underscore that. What if they weren't playing the Cubs or the Cardinals, who both draw a lot of people? There were Cubs fans all over downtown yesterday. A lot of, lot, you could just hear it on the broadcast if you weren't there, uh, how many visiting fans were cheering. Uh, tough times for the Pirates. They got to uh, they got to straighten some things out. When they when they get good starting pitching, they get bad bullpen. When they uh, get bad starting pitching, it counteracts good offense. And then yesterday they got uh, six innings of one run ball out of Chad Cool, and they wind up getting two hits. So Brutal. Not clicking. Nineteen thousand three eighty two was the crowd yesterday for a holiday. And when you only get two hits, you have to fight the third baseman coach in the dugout. <laughs> Because you ain't reaching third. What'd you do to help? Nothing. Same as you. What? <laughs> Bailey Gardell, 9 a.m. here on D. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know, every once in a while, you get a nice special guest at the last second. And uh, we nice. are special. We're very fortunate to have our next guest, who actually, I'm. It, it was so last second, I don't have his introduction lined up, and I refuse to put him on the air without getting... The intro music. I got the CD in my car if you want me to run down. <laughs> I know the words by heart. <laughs> because this man deserves the he musical need, intro. He needs none, but we're going to give it to him anyway. 
because that's what we do. Because, you know. If I was him, I wouldn't go anywhere unless they played that music first. Pittsburgh has the highest ratings, television ratings, for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's only fitting that we continue to talk, especially after last night's game. Phil Bork joining us right now. Damn it, I can't find you. See, we put it away. We packed it up, Borky. We packed up the introduction song. I actually have uh, nothing on my list of things to do today, so I'll wait. (laughs) 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 What's right is right, Randy. Make it work. Hold on. I'm looking. This is an insult to the highest degree. Joe and I are both. Here we go. All right. Here we (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. The old Borky. Sorry about the delay there. That was the last second. We were texting back and forth, and I was like, come on right now. And he's like, yes. I'm like, right on. Hey, no problem. I've been up since six. I'm trying to think of what the holy Moses can I do with my time today? Thank God you called. You gave me something to do. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I got to ask you about <laughs> the Wilson hit last night on March or so because there seems to be uh, some differing of opinions, at least in the room. Mikey is on the uh, of the opinion that it was a penalty. It wasn't dirty. Should have been two minutes. I think it was another in a long line of dirty hits by Tom Wilson that should have been a five-minute major game misconduct, possibly. But That's that- why I'm up at six. <laughs> I'm still ticked off. I'm disgusted by it. I'm offended by it. I don't even play the game anymore, and I'm offended by what I witnessed last night. Again with this guy. He's never going to get it until you drop the Matt Cook suspension on him, and he'll do it next game. He's basically putting the middle finger right to the NHL's face and saying, if you don't like it, do something about it. I hated the hit. It's predatory. The only thing that, that wasn't out of his boxes which he usually checks on those types of hits is he usually goes for the head right that time he went for the shoulder but it's late it's blindside it's predatory there is absolutely no place in the game for that it should be now after three game suspension it should be five it should be the rest of the series i was disgusted by that hit there's no place in the game for that hit and it's well, I can't say what I want to say, but it has to do with the chicken and it has to do with what comes out the back end, but that's <laughs> how I felt about it. There's no place in the game for that hit by Tom Wilson. Speaking of the chicken and what comes out the back end, what do you think the league does about it? I don't think they'll do anything because it's the Stanley Cup final and Marshall Show came back to play. And this is where the league, I think, gets themselves in trouble. As part of their equation is the injury occurred by the hit. And when a guy comes back, and plays, and there was a penalty called on the play, uh, they're probably going to say, it's the Stanley Cup final. We don't want to be a part of the outcome. We don't want to even be mentioned about why this happens or that happens. I don't think they're going to do anything about it. Well, you know, there were other egregious no calls last night. Notably, Ryan Reeves cross-check before he ties the game. It's a penalty. Why do they swallow their whistles like this? Why are they such... The, the the officiating in the playoffs, it seems to get yeah. worse every year, and it should be something they they could easily tighten it up. 
But a penalty in the first period should be a penalty in the third period. No, you know what, Randy? I think if if you were able to go into your archives and get your you know your June shows, late May June shows, set in the 2017 Penguins in Nashville, 2016 Pens in San Jose. In fact, if you went all the way back to Scott Paulson and Jimmy Crenn back in the you know early 90s, <laughs> I bet you they'd be saying the exact same thing. Yeah, Forky, what's going on with the referees? It's getting worse and worse and worse. I can remember sitting in the locker room in Minneapolis, Minnesota, playing the Minnesota North Stars in 1991, and standing up in the room and saying, let's go, boys. we got to beat the Stars, and we got to beat the refs tonight. It's always been that way, Randy. And it's going to be – you can fast forward to 2019. You're going to be talking about the same damn stuff. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And if you want to be the champion, then you overcome all that, and you win the game anyway. I know you're a true patriot, Borky, but that had to be the first time you ever fought against the Stars and Stripes. <laughs> I mean, that's people could take that out of context. <laughs> no, but, you know, to get back to the Ryan Reeves, you know, that's, that's tough because there's a lot of battles in front and guys go down and guys get back up. And, you know, but when if there's no goal there, maybe you kind of think, oh, geez, I kind of missed that one. But when a goal is scored... Um, boy, it sure does bring the uh, the microscope into play. And there's no goal if he doesn't cross-check himself open. No, it's true. They absolutely missed it. And it was only the tying uh, but, goal in the third period of a Stanley Cup game. But I just don't think that we can blur the lines and talk about that play and talk about the Tom Wilson play. They're completely different, different conversations because Tom Wilson, with the blind side, with it being late and being predatory, that's when you can really – hurt an unsuspecting player. Why don't you hit the guy in, in the chest, in the sternum? If he broke his ribs, if he cracks his sternum, if he separates his shoulder because he gets him in the front, Mikey, I, I, I'm not even, I'm applauding the hit. I'm saying that's a great hit, and I don't even like the guy, obviously. But for some reason, he wants to be predatory and get guys from the, from the blind side or directly from behind. Did you see anything last night uh, that Changed your opinion as to who's going to win the series? No, I didn't. And did you have no, an op- I... did you have an opinion before the series? Yes, I did. And would you share that with us now? <laughs> <laughs> your Honor, I object. Yeah, no, I I felt that Vegas <laughs> was the better team, and I'm talking. Uh, maybe they don't have the, the star power. Maybe they don't have a Vetchkin, uh, you know, kind of a uh, you know a sniper, one trick pony type of guy. Uh, that can break the game with one shot. Maybe you don't have that guy, but I've just been so impressed on how they are a team. I mean, uh, look at who they get the goal, a winning goal from. You know, they get a goal from from Ryan Reeves. I mean, that's that's the difference. Um, Stefan Nosen gets the, the the game winning goal, a guy that nobody's ever heard of before. You know, and that's what makes this team different. Um, you know, obviously with the flower. That is such a rare thing for an expansion team to be able to get a guy, a Hall of Fame goaltender like that. That's, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. So let's not try to do the parallels when Seattle comes in because I think this is just a one-off. And it's all because of Flurry. Flurry gives them the confidence and, and lets them uh, do what they do best. And they've got a bunch of players that are playing for contracts, playing because they're ticked off. This is, mm-hmm. this is really a, a special thing that's going on right now, and I think most of us are embracing it. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. We have this group, this chemistry, this coach, this goaltender all come together 
and they come at you in waves, and I just don't see any weaknesses in their game, and especially on home ice. I mean, that was absolutely awesome. I started actually looking at flights last night thinking, oh, how can I get out to Vegas? I just need to, I need to be there for this because it's an incredible thing what's going on in that town. Well, just dress up like a medieval guy that lets you do the pregame. <laughs> Yeah, if I get one of those, uh, what do you call it, uh, the suit of armors, maybe yeah, I the chain mail. in with one of those and just walk in like I own the place. Porky, part of the magic that's happening out there is 13 of their guys are having career years. And Wild Bill is leading the pack. I mean, to, to have six goals in Columbus last year and to have 43 this year, he's got seven goals in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember when Warren Young scored 40 goals playing with Mario after being buried in the minors, and that was... You know, huge news. This this is unbelievable. This is actually the third team he's on. Don't forget, he was actually drafted by the Anaheim Ducks, and they didn't right. want anything to do with him. And then, you know, Columbus kind of shuffled him in and out of the lineup and threw him down on the fourth line. And what he's doing, I can't. I, I tried to go through my mind and through my Rolodex of players that have kind of just exploded onto the scene, and I can't think of anything to go from what he was doing in Columbus to what he's doing and that line with Marsha Show. And Smith with with Riley Smith, boy, the speed and the skill. Uh, they're hungry for the puck, and on the defensive side too, they're hungry for the puck. What those three do, I, I can't wait for them to come over the boards and have a shift because you always feel like something special is going to happen. So, uh, Borky, the Tom Wilson hit. The league has painted themselves into the corner, as you said, on a couple of different fronts. One is, it's almost like he knows he can get away with a less egregious dirty hit right. because it's going to result in a five-game suspension, and it will be like incongruous for them to say, this is a five-game suspension-worthy hit, when in reality what they're saying is, he always does this, this is the third one. But in the Stanley Cup final, they're not going to give him five games and knock him right out of the series. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. Uh, that's the one thing about Tom Wilson. He's no dummy. And, and all the things that you're saying, he's thought of already. Of how far can I go? How bad can I hurt somebody? And I think that's why he didn't go for the head last night. Right. It's a regular season game. He's going for Marsha Show's head. He blindsides into the head, and he's trying to end his career. And then he'll get in front of the – and he's pretty smooth. Give him, give him some credit there. When he gets a camera on him, he's a smoothie. He's a, either he's worked at it or he's been coached. To, to say all the right things and have this kind of mellow, hush, uh, reading a, a storybook in front of a fireplace type of voice <laughs> that kind of lulls you into, oh, this guy's not so bad. He's a sociopath. Yes. This guy is a bad guy who tries to hurt people. And, again, until they slap him with a 40-gamer, he's going to keep on doing it and saying, you know what, this one game, two games, three games, I'll take it. If I can put a guy – one of the other team's top guys, and a guy like Marsha Show, if I can end his, not only his season, but if I can end his hockey career, that's another notch on my belt. Well, do you expect the puck to keep bouncing all series? And do you think both coaches are trying to figure out a way today to settle the game down and not make it so uh, transition-oriented and uh, you know trade chances kind of deal? Do you just talking about the way the puck is bouncing on the ice, Mikey? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think you're going to be able to to help that with the heat uh, that they have in Vegas. You can bring in all the humidifiers and and all the coolers and everything else, but you get that many people um, in a frenzy in a building, you're going to get 
it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to get bouncing pucks. It happens this time of year. And it'll happen in Washington, too. And, and as a player, you have to remind yourself, almost prepare yourself for that bad bounce that's coming, and I better be ready for it. Uh, even the goaltenders, too. It's just the way it is this time of year. Uh, but I think both coaches are going to – they weren't comfortable in that game last night. That was too wide open. There was just yeah. too many chances back and forth where, you know, it could have come down to a really bad bounce, and that would have stunk in the Stanley Cup final. But uh, don't put, put yourself in that position. I think that that would be the message, that let's be better. Let's, let's dictate the outcome of this game and not let a bad bounce or our defensive – our lack of defensive uh, play – um, be the difference in the hockey game. Four goals, the most Flurry's ever let up in a playoff game. Kicked one in. Is that, is so, it? Is that a question? That's what. It, no, it said. No, no. I was just pointing out. Last night, it, it just flashed on the. Uh, in this playoffs, maybe it yeah, said was, in his career playoffs. I think that's right. How yeah, many? you know, I, in that goal, uh, I think that was actually Wilson's goal. Um, that reminded me a little bit that's of not, the uh, Hendrik Zetterberg <laughs> goal in two thousand eight. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. The butt goal? Yeah, yes. the one that won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a game-winning goal where he just kind of lost it underneath him. He just tried to softly sit down. But, you know, the, the difference with Flower now is his bounce-back ability and his mental toughness and his ability to just flush those. And, I don't know, maybe he learned a little bit watching Matt Murray because Matt Murray has that, that ability in spades uh, to any kind of bad goal that, that he does have that bounce-back ability and it's all about the next save. So, uh, I give I give the flower credit all the credit in the world, but you know those things happen, and uh, it's not about that moment; it's about the way you react to it. He reacted with a win. They get game one. Borky, a real pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for making time for us this morning. We needed that. We're not ready yeah. to let go completely. And We're, our apologies, neither am I, as well for not having the music queued up. Yeah. No, hey, and you know what? This was all last second. It was unprepared. That's what's great about live radio. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll wait. That you know what? It's, yeah, like, I'll wait. <laughs> Flower has given us like a reason to have a connection. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. Because everybody you. was asking me like, "Where are you watching the game?" As if it were a Penguins game. And that, me you know, too. a lot of a lot of Penguin fans kind of fall off when the Penguins get knocked out. You're right. And that's not the case this time. Everybody's watching the Stanley Cup Final. No, and you said the, the ratings. I mean, it just goes to show you what unbelievable hockey fans here. Number one ratings in the U.S. watching yep. games on TV now that we're out of it. And you're right. There, there's a rallying point. And we're stubborn proud, aren't we, here in Pittsburgh, that if it's not our guys, then we don't want to watch any of it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? One of our boys are there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Flower. He's like, he's like our brother, our nephew, our cousin. He's our son. You know, he's our guy that, that you pull for him now. And I think that's why so many – Eyeballs are in front of the screen watching the games now. He's our last line of defense against the Russians. <laughs> this is Rocky Go Four. <laughs> Go yeah, Flower. Indeed. Hey, uh, the old two niner, Phil Bork. Enjoy your summer, and I hope we have more reasons to call you. All right, pal. Call me anytime. Right, Crow, Randall, Michael. <laughs> I enjoyed our time together, and this was good hockey talk. Erg. What I, uh, are you? Are you I building did. Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing a ton of reno. You guys should have just had Chip and Joanna Gaines come up here, knock it all out. Yeah, really. In a weekend. I got to come up with a name for this thing you're building because I don't. It gets every time I talk to you, it's bigger. I thought you were just well, no, about done. No, she, it's in phases. She ran out herself out of her house. She's in yeah. the backyard now. Living in a camper. <laughs> <laughs> in the summer.
Dude, what are and you doing? We have a toilet on the front porch. <laughs> oh well, I mean, not because that's where you go to the toilet. No, just right. because. Oh, I said, is it is it functional? No, it is okay. not. Just Thank sitting God. there. Did you put? Did you do the Pittsburgh thing and put put some flowers in it? Uh, not yet. Randy <laughs> Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. The Taj Mahal. <laughs> I like it. Mm. Close. Yeah, it's not really getting bigger. I know, but you it's... gutted your house and you're living in a camper. Yeah. Well, we had to live somewhere. After this, is are you done? When are that's you... done, we're done. You're going to move. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Start over. No. <laughs> I hate it. I am done with construction. I can't imagine going through all that stuff. You have done it's... everything. Everything that you could do to a house. It's always also... Uh, yeah, pretty much. New roof, new siding. I like when people buy a house and live in it for a few years and they go, I hate this. Well, we kind of bought it thinking that. (laughs) Yeah, we did the same thing with ours. We bought it for the property, really. Everybody does. We love the plot. No, everybody's like, I like where this is. Yes. I don't like what this is. (laughs) At all. No, I'm trying to do a kitchen. Like for, I've been wanting to do it for forever and i'm finally like all right i have to redo this because i have like old ikea cupboards from 25 years ago that are crap and they're painted on now a friend of mine painted all over them because i'm like oh i'm gonna take them down they look like garbage they're falling apart and i have to like be an adult now and stop looking like uh you can sleep on the futon in there don't touch that that doesn't work (laughs) you know kind of have gain a little bit of respectability and the thought of just doing that one room is driving me crazy you gutted your house yep Electrical work. Everything. Everything. New down drywall. to the down to the studs. We're down to the studs. Oh yeah. Are you and you've added on? Yes. Small addition. <laughs> it is the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. I helped my uh, my neighbor Dave knock knock his wall down in between his kitchen and living room and it was it's pretty fun. Just blowing it up. Just yeah. I just come in for the demo and just, you know, hacking and We should have had you whacking. come over on Saturday because that's what we did. Hacking and whacking. A lot of sledgehammers. sledgehammers around. Yeah. Yep. That's I, I, I didn't realize how frustrated I've been. I started <laughs> swinging hard. and all of a sudden I was like, let's go. That's hard work. Hey, man, can I do another room? This feels good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, dude, no, why are not we doing that, that wall? What are you doing? This isn't, isn't that's there- a support wall. I know this place exists, but I think they're opening one in Pittsburgh. Like that's a demolition room where you go. Yeah, there and, is. It's called the break room, and it's here, right? And there's one in Irwin, and right you, off the turnpike, and you just go out and break stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. The next gig I have in Irwin, I'm going to stop by there first. <laughs> just start breaking stuff. But I think like it's kind of. I think you have to bring your own stuff because some can. of the stuff. Like I want to, I want to break. It has to be something that's been pissing me off for yeah. years. So, uh, some like something of your kids that has wheels on it. Yes, or, or make noise. Yeah, <laughs> toys that make noise are candidates. Things that bells ding and whistles. Yep. and talk. They have this keyboard that's loaded up with all these like pre-recorded little songs, and they're all annoying as hell. Yeah, no thanks. What I'd break that thing. <laughs> Key by key. Just take it out to Val's smash shop out there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Come on over. All right. 
What do you got going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Would you like us to set up a little news camper for you in the parking lot? (laughs) (laughs) Makes me feel right at home. Make you feel at home. We're going to rip your station back to the studs if that's okay. (laughs) It's 70 degrees now at DVE. A bizarre story. Two television journalists from South Carolina died after a tree fell on their SUV. Anchor Mike McCormick and photojournalist Aaron Smelter of WYFF in Spartan were covering rainstorms in North Carolina yesterday when the accident happened. The station said everyone there is grieving and thanked everyone for their support. That area is under flood watch from storms stemming from moisture pushed up from subtropical storm Alberto. Uh, that is a terrible story. Yeah, just so bizarre. And I bet it results in you seeing less reporters sent Live. out in the middle of hurricanes because mm-hmm. there's no reason for, for no it. Reason, yeah. I've thought that for years. There's really no reason for these people to be out there and they're constantly just standing on the shoreline while some tropical storm is hitting and it's just like this is someone's going to die. Although there are hurricane deniers now. There are people who think that uh, you know, it's all it's like all special yeah, effects, false flags. Really? Yeah. Who thinks like the all Alex, you have to look Alex at Jones, Twister just- Truthers? Go look at the damage. Yeah, Alex Jones. Look, Alex Jones doesn't think Sandy Hook happened. Those guys talk about, they say, oh, this is all trumped up. It's all a lie. The, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, the people who are environmentally uh, crazy are trying to scare us into thinking there's more violent weather. That's a real thing. Oh, my God. A woman gave birth to a baby early this morning on the side of the road. Medics called to the Parkway East near the Squirrel Hill ramp for a woman in labor, but they showed up too late. New mom and baby were taken to a hospital to get checked out. Uh, No word on their condition or the baby's gender. Oh, dude, what do you name a baby that was born outside of the Squirrel Hill Tunnel? (laughs) Merge? (laughs) (laughs) I've seen the signs on the side of the road that say adopt a highway, but (laughs) I think that's what they mean. A new study found that meetings not only kill productivity while they're happening, they kill it before, too. Ohio State University researchers found that we are actually least productive right before a meeting. Why is that? Well, because when a meeting's coming up, we figure, well, I'm not going to start anything now. Right. Have to stop working, and so we just basically waste time (laughs) until the meeting starts. And then you go waste more time. I was going to say... This sounds like it is directed at us, Bill. <laughs> I'm preparing for our meeting tomorrow. All the time. The latest superfood craze may be cockroach milk. <laughs> How do they milk them? <laughs> do they have nipples? Researchers in India say Pacific beetle cockroaches are made up of milk crystals that have a number of health benefits. The milk is non-dairy and reportedly tastes like cow's milk, but is said to carry four times as much protein Pacific beetle cockroaches can be found in Hawaii as well as a few foreign countries. The insect's milk, quote-unquote, they're calling it milk, was first introduced in the 2016 study, but is resurfacing now because of new research from the Institute for Stem Cell Biology and Regenerative Medicine in India. I'm not drinking cockroach milk. Wait, Wait, did you eat cockroaches? No, I ate earthworms and crickets. Whatever they have up at... um, uh, scratch in Troy Hill. Did I get that right? An angel just got its wings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Correct. You ate earthworms. That is right. Other weird things Randy has eaten for 200. <laughs>
No, Scratch up in Troy Hill. They, uh, they've got a. I mean, first of all, that place is awesome. But you no should cockroaches. Definitely go. No, they don't. No. Yeah, no. I mean, sir. Is it, no, no but they no. did it's one night. Yeah, one night they had a special dinner that that was like featured all kinds of bug proteins, mm-hmm. but. I think they only have one regular on the menu item, oh, okay. and that might come and go. But everything else there is great. You should go eat there; it's awesome. Does music Plus, Troy effect- Hill's just cool to go up and hang out in. Well, Does what m- if they have cockroach milk on the menu? I won't. No. I won't, won't partake in that. No. Does- I mean, look, it, I, you know, I, I, I mean, the, the stuff that people are eating, like termites, have more protein in them than chicken. Nobody's going to start eating termites. Eh, eh. Might you once we get to whatever the apocalyptic? Yeah, I think is it, is it ten billion is the the mark where they say like of people? Yeah, or is it more than no that? Is it twenty billion? I don't know. There's a number that they say once we hit it, it's going to be things are going to get hairy for a lot of of people mm-hmm. on Earth. It already is. If you could grind up termites, if you could h- harvest termites and then grind them up, and you wouldn't, they're just put into a to a powder. Would you do that to survive? Yeah, of course. To survive, right. what are we talking your, about? <laughs> or your sprinkle it on your Cheerios? Yeah. I think people are just drinking cockroach milk right now. You know, there's not 10 billion people here. It's not post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I know. People I do, are I like, don't yeah, under- I'm into this. I don't understand how, how you get there. You know, like almond milk is a big one. People always talk about almond milk. But it's way, isn't it So like, bad for the environment. Yeah. Because the it amount takes of, so much water to grow almonds. And then the almond, you waste the almonds making the almond milk because it's like you use it like coffee grounds. Yeah, isn't it just And you just filter more water through it, yeah. And then using the excess juice. Well, they got to come up with something. Why can't they make like brittle or something out of it? Almond brittle. I don't know that they do that. I don't think they do. But people well, love should. almond milk. I don't. Some of, some of it's good. Some, I drink it right from the cow. Whoa. I mean, not right oh, from. Oh, I was going to say, wow! <laughs> I know you're living in a not in right a, from in the a cow, Winnebago but... in your backyard right now, but <laughs> you could probably buy some milk. <laughs> you don't have to rough it that much. I go the it's traditional. Time to suckle. The traditional way will do. <laughs> I go from the tap. <laughs> uh, does music affect the food you order or buy? Yes. You would be correct. Ding that bell. According to a new study, loud music (laughs) makes us choose unhealthier foods, while softer music leads to healthier choices. According to researchers, this is because the volume of food has a direct impact on our heart rates and stimulation. The study monitored people in a cafe and found when louder music was playing, 52% of customers customers ordered something unhealthy, compared to just 42% who ordered unhealthy food when the quiet music was playing. And the number of customers who bought healthy items higher when the music was softer. The bottom line, they say, softer music has a calming effect, which makes us think more about the food we buy or order. Loud music increases stimulation and stress, which often leads to people choosing unhealthy food options. Yeah, if I go into a place and they're playing, you know, they're blaring Godsmack, I'm like, all right, I'm getting a pulled pork sandwich and loaded (laughs) nachos. Forget this. Uh, if, If the music's annoying somewhere, I want to get out of there. I want to. I want to get if, an order in and get out. What if it's soft and annoying? Same thing. See ya. So long. And if they have a DJ and it's like you know turned up to eleven, I have to wear earplugs to order dinner. I also want to get out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the brunch DJ is that's the that's the worst one because they really do control the volume on that one, so it stays just under the din. 
you know? What? So that guy's over there, and he has to pretend like he's really getting down, and it's really not that loud. He's, no, what does he's the working a laptop. brunch DJ play? Is it like electronica? <laughs> that yeah, but it's seem... like a slower one. Like that's Since it's brunch, awful. can you just, is it is it out of line to shoot strawberries at him with a slingshot? <laughs> yes. Uh, finally, Ozzy Osbourne just gave an interview in which he confessed that his biggest problem is he doesn't remember that he's 70. Which he's not actually he's, technically seventy. He's only sixty nine. He turned sixty nine in uh, December, but you know, rounding up. The interview published over the weekend in the British paper The Guardian actually contains a number of interesting quotes from Ozzy on a variety of topics. A few include uh, him saying he was a raging alcoholic and used to buy things like Ferraris when he was drunk, and then Sharon would get rid of them so he didn't do anything <laughs> stupid when he was drunk. Uh, he also says he doesn't get back back to Birmingham, England uh, very often, the neighborhood where he grows grew up. But he knows that the current residents of the house he once lived in charges people 200 pounds to sleep in the bed that he had as a kid. <laughs> Which, I guess it came fully furnished when uh, they sleeping, bought it. Sleeping in Ozzy's beds, just short of sleeping in Gigi Allen's bed. Oh. Not exactly... <laughs> An experience I want to share with the artist. <laughs> you can probably just pull the sheets off, though, and have drugs for a year. <laughs> That's true. He said he uh, was always a huge fan of the Beatles growing up and thought he was going to die when he met Paul McCartney. He calls Paul a lovely man and says that although he's heard from some people who don't think so, he doesn't care because he was lovely to Ozzy. <laughs> I love how stupid Ozzy is. Which You know, a lot of people hate him. Uh, I've never heard people say Paul McCartney's an awful person. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Paul McCartney. Really? Yeah. Who? Who Uh, are these people? George, John, Ringo, and anybody that they ever (laughs) talk to. Uh, Um, You know what? Those people can go pound cockroach milk. No, but like, I think Ringo, I was like, like Ringo and Paul were like the, you know, very happy go lucky people. And Mm. John and George are sort of the depressives in that band. Yeah. Um, But. Imagine the amount of times Ozzy urinated in that bed. By accident. Sober. If it's actually his bed. I mean, they would have had to replace it, right? I mean, he was a kid. The house he grew up in. Well, he lived there until he was 17. He was in Black Sabbath when he was 17. So. But who gets hammered and buys a Ferrari? (laughs) Obviously a rock star. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Who gets hammered and drunk and call exes? Not... Buy luxury. I'm telling you, you sports cars. you gotta watch the Jack and Ozzy Road Show, whatever it's called, on A and E. It's it's he seems very endearing in his old age. I've always oh I love Ozzy. Ozzy's the best, but he's he's completely it's, whacked it's, out. It's not obnoxious like you might think. All right, so you can check. Does it Does Sharon out. have anything to do with it? Um, I don't think it's usually just Jack and Ozzy wandering across the countryside. The one time they were, I don't know what they were doing, but Ozzy's like, I just want to go to a spa. A spa. <laughs> yeah, which seems so not Ozzy-like. No. That's where he is now. He watches the History Channel and he likes to get manicures. Yeah. What are you going to do? Forecast today, <laughs> hot and humid chance of uh, thunderstorms. Temperatures near 90 today. Mike has your sports. When we return, the Golden Knights get game one of the Stanley Cup final and the Buccos lose to the Cubs. 
But uh, controversial play at the plate is what everyone's talking about. Full details when we come back here on the DVE Morning Show. Hey, America's Got Talent is back tonight on NBC. Mike, if they said you're going to go on stage tonight, what would be your what would your talent be? <laughs> I wouldn't have one, but I would try to fake it with a Springsteen song. You would sing. I think I, I could do the mouth trumpet. I think the mouth trumpet would win. Not only would the mouth trumpet win, Val's mouth trumpet <laughs> would get the golden buzzer, which, oh. which to me is the coolest part about America's Got Talent. That's where uh, the panel, uh, all of them are empowered. They, they hit the buzzer, and that automatically advances you to the live rounds. Right through with the, the mouth trumpet. <laughs> Lives, of course, change on America's Got Talent. Be there for every jaw-dropping moment, the premiere of America's Got Talent. It's coming up. Now, so many of the contestants, we've seen them in seasons past. Incredible stories. Sometimes you just get all the feels welling up inside you. Here's America's Got Talent judge Howie Mandel talking about that. You know, when people say, how do you want people to feel when they watch AGT? I want you to feel every feeling there is. I want you to be ecstatic. I want you to be happy. I want you to be joyful. I want you to have tears, excitement. I want you to have laughter. Ultimately, all that together is I want you to feel, wow, that was good. You know how we had to start somewhere, right? Yeah. All these people have to start somewhere. They're, they're like their own personal expansion teams. And who knows what they can accomplish given the right set of circumstances. It's the most exciting and unbelievable talent yet, and it's followed by the premiere of the new season of World of Dance tonight on NBC. America's Got Talent tonight on NBC. Prince. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DBE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. Vegas coach Gerard Gallant wanted a major penalty assessed to the Caps. Tom Wilson early in the third period of last night's 6-4. Golden Knights victory in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final, but Gallant stopped short of outrage when assessing Wilson's hit on Vegas center Jonathan Marcheseau. When I seen it live, I didn't see much of it. But then, when you watch it in replay and you see how Lady hits Marshall, for me, it should have been a, it should have been a major penalty. But again, it, it, when you're watching it live, you don't see that. But when you see it in the, in the video, he hit him real late and real hard, and he went he went after him pretty good. Yeah, no, we were upset about it. It was a big hit, and uh, you know, Wilson's a great hockey player. He's a competitive guy, and he's an old school player. And uh, you know, for me, it's a late hit, and. Uh, you know, we're going to stand up for our players. I mean, Marshall's always one of our stars, and we don't like to see that happen. But we reacted real well to it. We won the hockey game. We came back and got two goals after that, and uh, it was a good reaction from our team. All right, now we heard from Gallant. What did Goofus have to say? <laughs> uh, you talking about Wilson? I was getting, I was oh, applying it to Trotz, but... I, I haven't... Uh, Trotz doesn't think his guy's going to get suspended. Um, so there's <laughs> He's that. right. Uh, they didn't even call the penalty. By the way, how, on the ice, how great was it, when to it hear happened? From Borky last hour? He was so fired up about this. Yeah. The interesting thing about that Gallant clip, I got that off the uh, Las Vegas Journal Review, uh, their little video. And when you hear Gerard Gallant talking about Wilson being old school and, and a great player, there's a little smile comes across his face. He, Gerard Gallant was not uh, a shy player, a dainty fella. You know, there's that uh, old time hockey school that. Uh, relishes this kind of stuff. I'm I'm not a big fan of blatant cheap shots. I didn't think this was one. I thought it was a penalty. I think penalties occur in hockey. Uh, 
the, the referees didn't call it initially, and then when they uh, gathered together and talked to the linesmen, they came up with two for interference and also two for cross-checking on David Perron just to make sure nobody got a power play because, God forbid, it was the third period of a Stanley Cup final game, and uh, you can't decide it, right? you got to let the boys decide it. Uh, Vegas eventually did, and uh, a, a great play, as it turned out, uh, Shea Theodore uh, getting the puck from the wall across the slot to Tomas Nosek, who buried a one-timer at 944 to the third period. Uh, that proved to be your game winner in a game that for the first time in Stanley Cup final history featured four lead changes. Crazy. It's only the third time in NHL postseason history it's been that back and forth. And didn't that make for some uh, edge-of-your-seat hockey watching? That uh, I was really into that game. Oh, yeah. It was great. It just kind of took on a life of its own, and it did so pretty quick, I thought. Yeah, I was surprised at how quickly the hypertension set in for me just watching. Yeah, I didn't want to have that happen, and all of a sudden I felt like I was latched into it, and the stress levels were going up. I just hate the Capitals. I hate Wilson. I I know Ovechkin's great. I acknowledge it. I don't want him to win. I want Flurry to win. I know I know that's not exactly... Uh, your favorite thing to hear, but uh, you know, well, I just—I mean, nobody wants Brooks Orpik to win, right? No, because he was such a jerk when he was here. No, I don't. I, I, that, yeah, he's not the I, star. That's not the Brooks has no factor in any of my thinking. Yeah, I, just, I don't understand why there's no love for Brooks Orpik. He got here when it was garbage, and helped lift it up on his shoulders, and helped get this team to two uh, Stanley Cup Finals and and one. Uh, Stanley Cup championship. Like Marc-Andre Fleury, Brooks Orpik has played in one, in uh, two Stanley Cup finals for the Penguins. I'm a big Brooks Orpik fan. Two Stanley Cup finals. Author of the series. shift. Yes. Oh, that was awesome. Maybe you guys we talked about this last year, week. Though, but... How many former Penguins are in the finals? Oh, my God, they're everywhere. Reeves, Fleury, Orpik. Um, Neil. Perron. Neil. Perron. Derek England. Niskanen. King of England. Niskanen. Yeah. Assistant coach Todd Reardon for Washington was a former assistant here. I think we got a lot of them. The guy who does the Golden Knight thing before is from Braddock. <laughs> <laughs> Believable. One of the uh, interesting elements of that game, and there were a ton of them, uh, Vegas, uh, the ability of Vegas to counter Capitals goals, uh, particularly when falling behind. Uh, Vegas fell behind two to one and scored two minutes and fifty six seconds later. Vegas fell behind four to three and scored a minute thirty one later. Now that was the Ryan Reeves goal, which he cross checked himself open. There's no outrage over that. That's just kind of uh, that's that happens. Because I think that that's inside the game. We've seen that before. That's not that's yeah. a penalty that they missed. Yeah, but that's not a, a hit that injured a guy. That's God, that's just called. my differentiation. Yeah, I think a late hit's part of the game. It's just late. A cross-check's part of the game. It's just against the rules. It's going to be tough to defend a slot if you're allowed to be cross-checked into the ice. Another that, call in. That decides the game. Instead of Washington having a one-goal lead and going on the power play, the thing's tied up early in the third period. That's helping to decide the game by trying not to decide the game. There was no no meeting of the minds after that. We didn't see the replay 75 times. 
it, it's just acceptable. Some things are, some things aren't. Game two uh, Wednesday night. Can't wait. Pirates lose to the Cubs seven to nothing uh, yesterday afternoon at PNC Park. Uh, the play that had uh, everyone outraged in that game was the Anthony Rizzo slide into Elias Diaz in the eighth inning. Uh, what could have been a double play turned into two more runs for the Cubs on the way to that seven to nothing victory. Clint Hurdle. Uh, not happy with the way things transpired, to say the least. Our catcher, he makes the play just like he's supposed to make it, and he, and he gets wiped out with a hard baseball slide. I mean, there's potential injury, uh, and I, I don't see the rule fitting the means there. If it's open season, now it's open season. Everybody's going to see the play, knows it's the play you can make on every catcher in his most vulnerable position. He's completely exposed. He's completely out in front of the plate. He has no defense whatsoever. And there's big people that play this game that are fast. And I just think it defeats the purpose of the rule. Some other developments. Uh, in the old days, nothing wrong with that. Nope. Diaz has to clear. Get out of there. Yeah, get out of the way, man. But after the Posey rule, you can't deviate from your path to, to make contact with the catcher. Yeah, and he clearly did. He was... Running down the foul line, Rizzo, and he angled inside on the base path. Now, as he slid, his waist is going over home plate, but his legs are way out. He's a big guy, and he was clearly trying to interact with Diaz to affect the potential completion of the double play. Uh, Joe Madden said uh, that's the way they ought to teach kids to slide, for what that's worth. Joe Madden usually comes up with a... Differing point of view on things. I mean, the Cubs announcers basically excused it away as it happened. Looked like a clean slide. Yeah, it was a clean play. Um, I mean, the rule is you can't go out of your way to blow up a catcher at home plate, but Anthony's sliding towards the plate. I mean, he's all over home plate as he makes contact with the catcher. Yeah, he did the right thing. Yeah, it's... It's a, good, it's a good baseball play. Not according to the new rules, it's not. Yeah. And Rizzo's he did veer away from the baseline no to make contact, yeah. and he was still able to go over the plate, but that doesn't mean he didn't alter his path. So uh, we'll see what MLB does here. Well, I assume nothing because the umpires said it was good, and they reviewed it, and New York said it was good. Oh, well, then there you go. Then and nothing. then Clint Hurdle argued the review and got thrown out because that's what happens when you argue a review. You can't do that. Were you surprised, given how fired up he was, that they didn't throw some uh, some chin music Rizzo's way next time he came well, to that Well, that, that's an interesting point. If they were that upset about it, he came to bat in the ninth inning, and at this point it's 5 nothing and it's over. Right. And if you're that upset then uh, i'm not a big fan of beanballs just like i'm not a big fan of fighting but uh that exists in the game and if you're that outraged handle it there they chose not to and uh they'll play again tonight nick kingham's gonna start instead of Ivan nova who's on the dl he'll be opposed by john lester Buckos some of the, need to win some of the other developments uh david freeze had to be uh separated from third base coach joey cora in the dugout after the game was over and the pirates reportedly had a team meeting after the game Hmm. Presumably to talk about having lost eight of their last ten. You would think. All right. Val's got news. Top of the hour. What do you got? I'm going to tell you why staycations are a bad idea. Billy Gardell will be hanging with us throughout the 9 a.m. hour.
That's on the way. DVE. Uh, it's been crazy in the Musial family. I had a little bit of drama lately. It was my dad's birthday a few weeks ago, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to get something really nice for my dad, something he's really going to like. So I got him this GPS system, you know, uh-huh. one of those nice ones with the, with the sexy voice that talks to you while you're driving. <laughs> right. I'm like, he's going to love this thing. I give it to him. Three or four days later, he gives it back to me. He's like, take this thing back. I hate it. This is terrible. It gives me stupid directions. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, what are you talking about? What's, what does that even mean? Like, what's a stupid direction? He says, well, I'm trying to get from my house, and he lives out by Monroeville, to this bowling alley in Swissvale. Okay. He says, first thing is it tells me, get on to Interstate 376. He's like, what? I've lived in Pittsburgh for 70 years. No one's ever told me to get on an interstate to go to Swissville. That is stupid. He he says, then it tells me, take exit 77 and travel south on Braddock Avenue. He's like, why am I traveling south? I'm not going to Florida. I'm going to Swissville. This thing is stupid. Take it back. I said, Dad, hold on. I think I can fix this for you. So I went on the internet, and I got this special plug-in. I downloaded it, put it on the machine, put the same directions in from Monroeville to Swissvale, and this time it said, Get on the parkway going towards town. <laughs> Get off like you're going to Kennywood. <laughs> Go through that crazy intersection up there by that Arby's <laughs> where you're going up a hill under a railroad track and you're making a left and a right at the same time. <laughs> Go past that crazy church up there on stilts. <laughs> Make a right, and if you go past where Swissville High School used to be, you went too far. <laughs> where it used to be, yeah. So that's his, it's his favorite thing now. He loves it. He uses it all the time. You have to know where stuff used to be. Yeah. Otherwise, you're in trouble. And, and, and I'll tell you what. I actually, I actually ended up borrowing it. It's such a great machine I borrowed it because I yeah. had to go to the South Hills. I don't know if any of you guys from the South Hills or know the South Hills. I'm a typical Pittsburgher, right? I, I, I grew up in the East. I live in the North. I work in the West. I don't know my way around the South Hills at all. And I had to go to a show on some bar, some bar on Baptist Road in Bethel Park. I have no idea where this place is. Mm-hmm. So I put the address of the bar in the machine. First thing it says to me is, well, you know where Cool Springs Mini Golf is, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't. I have no idea where Cool Springs Mini Golf is. So I, I click no on the machine. And it goes, oh, okay. Well, you know how to get to the entrance of South Park, right? Everybody knows how to get to South Park, but but I don't. I have no idea how to. So I clicked. I clicked no on the machine again, and and then it was real quiet for a long time. <laughs> the machine got quiet, and then it went <sighs> like it actually sighed. The machine sighed at me, and finally it goes, "Okay, here's what you're gonna do: go across the Liberty Bridge through the Liberty Tubes." Up West Liberty Avenue, and then make a right into the parking lot of the Dormont Eaton Park. <laughs> Get on the phone and call that guy you know from work who grew up in Baldwin. <laughs> Have him meet you at the Eaton Park and follow him to the bar, because there ain't no other way I know how to tell you to get there. So. So now I, hope, I recommend this machine. If you guys get it for Christmas or Father's Day, I highly recommend getting on the internet and finding it. It's, it's good Tom stuff. Tom Musial. For loving. It's 73 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. Joey Chestnut has another eating contest award to his credit. The San Pedro Fish to Market uh, World Famous Shrimp Eating Championship was held yesterday on the USS Iowa near Long Beach. Contestants from as far away as Africa 
At only eight minutes to see how many large shrimp they could eat, Chestnut downed 77, only three more than the runner-up. He has also, of course, as we know, won eating contests with hot dogs, tacos, and burritos. Uh, But this time he chose the shrimp. uh, How long did he have? Eight minutes. I don't think people realize that competitive eaters don't just have one lane. They... You know, they compete year-round with all types of different types of food, like double-stuffed Oreos, shrimp. These guys can just throw down. They are professional gurgitators. (laughs) And maybe this is why he got into the shrimp eating contest. Couples who eat more seafood tend to have more sex. A new study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism showed that men and women have an increased sex drive when they eat at least two portions of seafood per week. Researchers say that in turn leads to couples getting pregnant faster. Partners who eat two or more uh, seafood servings per week engaged in sexual activity over 20% more often than others. 92% of those who ate it uh, the most got pregnant. Researchers cite a few different reasons for the increased sex drive. They say oysters are linked to a higher sexual desire. Honey, I just had 7,000 oysters. (laughs) Couples that eat more seafood together tend to share more meals together in general. If you like eating clams and linguine and other stuff like that. I feel bad for his poor wife. She's got to be hospitalized after a sesh. (laughs) Do we have Billy lined up? Hey, Billy Gardell. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, How are you, Kaisies? And hello, Val. How are you? I'm good. Good. Happy summer. Happy summer as well. You guys finally got a good one, yes? 89 today? Oh, That's not good. No. 90, be, 90 yeah. and humid. Right? We went from winter to 90 to and humid. August. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have spring anymore. It's because all the rocks that have fallen in the ocean. That's what it is. All them, the rocks eroding. Val, you'll appreciate this. Last week when Billy called in off the air, he's like, how you guys doing? Where's Val? And I said, oh, she's on vacation. He goes, I'm going to hang up right now. <laughs> Would have, that was a smart instinct. <laughs> Call back next week. <laughs> well, believe it or not, anxiety can make you better at your job. Of course, being consumed by too much anxiety ends up derailing job performance, but researchers found that workers focus better and stay motivated if they're just a little bit anxious. It's as if the anxiety keeps people on their toes. While getting performances out of employees is a good thing, the study authors drew a line and said they didn't think extra pressure should be used as a tool to get people to work harder. That backfires. I I don't know. I mean... Look, there's a certain amount of anxiety that makes you good at your job and bad at life. You have to figure out how to have the balance (laughs) between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to have just enough anxiety that that you go, no, I can't go to the game. I'm going to stay home and work. But you don't want so much that you're just laying in a corner clicking a light like Glenn Close. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a thin line. It's a thin line. How much do you pace when you're on the phone at home? I don't at all. None. Not at all. Oh, dude, I, yeah, I don't think I do. I'm lucky I stay awake. I walk <laughs> laps around my house. Wow, really? really? While you're all talking. The time. I always walk when I'm on the phone. All the time. I'm yeah, sure that's try that just as an exercise program. But my brain like doesn't stop. Like even when I'm sitting watching TV, like my foot will be going the whole time. Like or tapping really? or I'll be doing a pattern <laughs> all the time with my hand like I'll be doing a like a 
but with my right hand. Like it never. You should get a stationary bike uh, you, in your house. You might, you, you might need look that. I do. Bully me. You got that restless leg. And you know, that, dude, I got restless everything. It's just, I don't even think about it. It'll be like. You're just in perpetual movie. motion. Yeah. Like as my brain is concentrating on something else, it's like it doesn't want to stop doing three other things. Like <laughs> so profound is my ADD that it has to just shoot out to my extremities and make them do stuff while I'm trying to concentrate on one thing. That reminds me of when I was a kid. I used to f- kick my feet all the time. <laughs> And if we were ever out somewhere, like at a dinner, you know, go out to dinner or whatever, my mother would say, my pant leg is flapping. (laughs) (laughs) I had some weird tics as a kid, man. Like I had to turn a light on and off an odd number of times, like three times before I left the room. I had that and I had... uh, Three times? Yeah, three times. Three and fives. Threes Mm. and fives. I don't know what that was about. And then I had... uh, uh, I had to recheck if I locked the door. I used to be just paralyzed by that. I do that. Get all the way out to the car and then go all the way back and check it again. Yep. Knowing I did it. I don't know what that. And then I don't know if I just hit an age where I was like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Well, yeah. I don't know what happened, but I don't do it anymore. But boy, when I was younger, I did. Oh, I still do that, Bill, with the car. I'll did hit that. Really? I'll hit that boop, beep, boop like about 17 times. <laughs> Here's the other one one time. (laughs) This this messes me up, too. When I pull out of my driveway, sometimes I'll hit the garage door to shut the garage door, you know, and then I'll, I'll drive away. And then I'll circle back to make sure it went down. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. a space heater in my office here. There have been many times I've gone to the elevator and come back just to make sure I unplugged it. Just to make sure you're not the one that burns the TV building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is that? Like, all of know. a sudden, just with those little tasks, you become like the guy from Memento. <laughs> like, you can't... <laughs> Did I do that? I'm going to reconstruct the crime scene in my head. Uh, did I close that fridge? Is all that meat ruined? Oh, do you God, have any uh, you got any flying rituals like that? No, it's terrible. I, I I just get into the plane and I just fall asleep. I don't even. Yeah. I don't, well, I want to be sleeping so that I, I, I don't have to talk to anyone. I got to touch outside the plane with my whole hand and I say a little prayer. Do you really? You yeah. touch the plane? I yeah, do, I have I to put my hand on it. Yeah. Dash. I, when I was a road comic, man, really on the road, like driving to every gig, I always had a little road road car uh, prayer. I'd, I'd hit the dash and rub it twice and then kiss my, my hand one time and put my hand on the dash. Oh, my God. I have to. And if then I was... the prayer was always no cops, no car problems, no accidents. Amen. <laughs> no search and seizures. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy Rolos in the airport. Rolos? Is that oh going to make the plane go good? I don't know. You stick your Ativan in that? It, yeah. <laughs> it's like a pill pocket. Sounds <laughs> like a, here's one of my like a Labrador. Always... you got to put your medicine in some candy. Yeah, right. Uh, if you, well, tell me about the Rolos. What I don't know. Do? Yeah, it's just comforting to me. The comfort food's okay. always good. And those are still right. sold everywhere? Because I haven't seen Rolos well, in a long time. Last time I flew, they were. <laughs> it's been a... Probably two or three years. Yeah, if they go out of business like Clark Bars or Necco Wafers or any of that, man, you're going to have to be, you have to get on eBay and buy some stale ones. I got to buy a Zagnut before I get on the plane. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be tough. Bill, if I was behind you, like, and you stopped and I didn't know you, and you're like, 
hold on a second. I have to touch the plane and say a prayer. <laughs> I'd be like, move your ass. No, nobody, nobody knows what I'm doing. I'm walking up. I put my hand on it three feet before I get to it. Oh, so you just say a quick one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, please don't let me know I have kids. <laughs> I have kids. <laughs> this is like the, wherever kids. I'm going, it's the stupidest thing ever to die for. Um, oh, my God. I have an ego, so, and this is ridiculous. <laughs> so it's like a yawning prayer. Yeah. Kind of, no. O'Connell, hey, when we fly, O'Connell doesn't like Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills. He, can't, he doesn't like the window open on takeoff or landing. <laughs> So I love to torture him with that right as we're coming down. That bothers him. A lip. He get hit and he just go, shut that. We don't need to see that. Shut that. My friend uh, was uh, a, uh, a flight attendant. She said, she's like, does she goes, I, I asked her, you know, do you ever get nervous? And she was like, no, those things are like, they're well-oiled machines. She goes, the only time to be really nervous is takeoffs and landings. And ever since yeah. she said that, every yeah. takeoff thing gets a little shaky, I'm like, Here's here the part it where it could get bad. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to be bad, it's here. All right, we leveled off. Okay. Yeah, a, I like when they make, when when you hear the noise, the grinding noise or the, uh, the uh, you know, the, <laughs> as they're trying to level off, I always look at Joe and I go, that doesn't sound right. I've been on a lot of flights. That doesn't sound right. And he goes, shut up, shut up. Even when we are on the ground, I'm like, Mm, we could still go out of control and crash into a building. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you ever wonder how far Stop you reach it? Like, like the plane's going to just hop on the parkway and start heading towards the city. <laughs> Bill, you ever wonder how far you take your the, the ball busting of your friend in one of those instances? Like, it's going down. You're like, I bet this is going to hurt a lot. He's like, we're going to die, Bill. You're like, I know, no, and it's going to be brutal. I, it's going to be I bloody. Think, oh, jeez. Do you have yeah, to I, still tweak I, I do, Randy. I, I, I think just to alleviate my own fear, I would right. torture him all the way into the ground. Right, exactly. <laughs> to keep your mind off of it, you have to drive him crazy. Yeah, I just said, uh. did you do everything you wanted to do? I hope you did. I hope you, I hope you made some good choices all the way down. All the, way down. the, the pilot's like, this is it. We, you would hear us, I, even floating up, hopefully, to heaven. We'd, I'd still be on, yeah. on the way. Right. Well, I hope you're happy. You're going to have it in shorts and a Steelers t-shirt. <laughs> I hope you're happy. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, can you play Here We Go Steelers on that harp? <laughs> <laughs> we w One time we were out on the, the tarmac and they said, uh, we have to go back. We have, uh, there's, a, there's a bad bulb. Somewhere on the, you know, we have to replace a bad bulb. I'm like, having a bad bulb is something you expect to hear in a tanning salon. That that's what <laughs> knocks you out of out of the facility on that. <laughs> what the hell's a bad bulb got to do with flying? See, then I immediately think it's something way worse. Yeah, they're not telling us. They're just using that as an excuse. Yeah, they're never going to tell us the truth. We were flying. I was flying to the upfronts the second year of uh, the show, Mike and Molly, and. We'll fly to the upfronts where you go talk in front of the, all the advertisers, you know, and they watch your shows. And I was sitting next to the Big Bang Kids and the CSI crew, and uh, there was a this weird smell started through the plane, like you know when it smells like electronics is burning, oh, yeah. you know, that electrical oh, yeah. smell. <laughs> so, so the pilot comes on and goes, ah, "We're having a little." electronic problem we're gonna make an emergency landing in st louis we should be landing in about 22 minutes 
And it, there was actually a woman that started complaining about the fact that we had the land in St. Louis because it was going to inconvenience her. <laughs> like, what's the alternative? We're in a cornfield somewhere, and no one ever hears from us. <laughs> right. I looked at the Big Bang kids. I go, you guys are smart. Can't you take a look at this? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sheldon. Get your ass up there. <laughs> If you're planning your summer vacation, here's something to consider. 63% of women ages 18 to 34 say that sex on vacation is way better than sex at home. And 54% of women ages 35 to 44 agree of the women well, who say... I, I, could, I definitely think that's true with 35 to 44, especially for wives. You know, they get to get a break from, you know... The, the daily routine of, of family. I mean, that's that's a lot of stuff, you know. We, I, I sometimes look at Patty, and I wonder if me and Will are going to put her in an institution. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I look at her sometimes like, you poor woman. You just, we just, it's just ridiculous. You live with two man-children. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you, you get to go away for vacation. You're in a a new environment, you get to get dressed up for dinner or something, you have a right. nice Sleep night out. That, that adds to all that, man. There's yeah. not a sock pile in the corner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just a bunch of clothes they got to fold afterwards. Have you seen my earbuds, <laughs> And then me going, have you seen the surround sound remote? <laughs> And another What's vacation. What's the matter? Why aren't you turned on? Do we have any pie? <laughs> <laughs> and other vacation news. Forget the staycation. According to a survey by British Airways, in order for people to feel truly disconnected from work and on vacation, they have to travel at least a thousand miles away from the office. Apparently, it's a lot easier to ignore work when you're that far away. Guys, I'm a thousand miles away. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. I'm a thousand miles away. <laughs> I don't get it. You're only eight hundred and fifty. Get your ass back here. <laughs> the top know, Randy subscribes to that. Oh, he yeah, goes, he's gone. I try to go far. You're like the road you're like a cloud of smoke the roadrunner leaves when you go on vacation. The top five work related things we do on vacation are check email, reply to an email, take a call from the boss, take a call from a coworker, and actually work on a project. Oh, I don't do any of that. You know what I love I, to say? I, I don't get service later, here. My, I come back a week later, my agents are like, <laughs> are you okay? We thought maybe there was an incident. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I ignore that all when I'm on vacation. I always just I always just say, oh, you know what? My phone is acting weird, man. I'm not. <laughs> Bad service I just keep area. saying no service. I'm having some kind of tower problems. I ain't <laughs> like, getting your texts. You're in Deep Creek, Bill. That's, <laughs> that's, you're two hours south in Maryland. The Mexican foundry where a statue of the Virgin Mary that is weeping was cast cannot explain the tears. A representative for the foundry told El Paso, Texas station KVIA, it's never had another weeping statue. Thousands of people have poured into Our Lady of Guadalupe Catholic Church in Hobbs, New Mexico, since the tears were spotted more than a week ago. The Catholic Church is actually launching an investigation into the weeping statue. I don't know, man. <laughs> I never know. I, 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 when I was a kid, a neighbor showed me, it was in like the National Enquirer or something, there was a statue of the Virgin Mary crying tears of blood. I was terrified. Yeah. That's more like a horror movie stuff. I prefer the stuff like the guy in Brookline that found Jesus on toast. 
<laughs> yeah. I was just going to bring up Jesus on toast. Yeah. Look, I got Jesus on toast. It's grilled cheeses. I got Buddha on a bagel. <laughs> so uh, a new survey put fast food rivals head to head and asked people which one is better. And here's what they found. Now, this is different than what I talked about at 6 a.m. The better burger. Uh, it was a virtual tie between five guys and in and out in the survey. Okay, first of all, in and out is an overrated burger. That's overrated. Wow, that, that means a lot coming from you, Bill. I'm telling you, that's an overrated burger. You want a true California burger, fat burger is the way to go. Hmm. in and outs a little overrated. Do you like Sorry. five guys? No. Will has a peanut allergy, and uh. they have peanuts all over the floor like Ringling Brothers is still torturing <laughs> elephants. No. <laughs> Wait, they have peanuts there? I've never yeah. been there. Yeah, they put they got peanuts that you can crack on the uh, tables, and they they just throw them on the floor. You know, like like Patrick Swayze's going to walk in. <laughs> this isn't Roadhouse. Let's can we sweep those up so kids can have a burger? Fries, McDonald's, Fries. crushed, well, quite hot, fresh McDonald's on un, the undisputed heavyweight champ of French fries. Yes. Yep. Uh, in pizza, Domino's beat Pizza Hut. Okay, first of all, that's a lie. That's just crazy talk. Domino's is so horrible. That, 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 you can't stack enough toppings on a Domino's to negate how bad the sauce is. This segment is brought to you by Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better, better sandwich. Subway beat Quiznos. Is Quiznos think, even around? I don't think I've ever, ever even had Quiznos. Oh, it's pretty good. They melt it. They, t- they come, toast if everything. You come from a town like Pittsburgh, which I consider to be a sandwich town, a hoagie town, if you will. Boys, Quiznos and Subway is really hard. I can get a better <laughs> get a better hoagie at the Kogo <laughs> than I can at Subway. Hoagie town. Better ice cream. Triangle. Cold stone. Leave it alone, Randy. It's hoagie town. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude. Cold Stone beats Baskin Robin for uh, ice cream. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know though because in a pinch, maybe. I, sometimes I don't want. Sometimes I don't want to go in and spend forty minutes watching you swirl the ice cream. You know well, I mean? and, here's, and here's the other thing: scoops of Rocky Road, and let's let's part ways. Here's know? the other thing, Bill. They, they they de-emphasize the actual ice cream. Toppings are the king in a cold yeah. stone. It's uh, like right. all the right. other stuff you're mixing into it. It's like, well, what's up with these tubs? They're, they're just like, they just, yeah. they just set them out all willy nils. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not willy nils. This sounds like a many? dude you went to high school with. <laughs> yeah, like he used to kind of, set his ice cream out. Singer, <laughs> willy nils. How many flavors does Baskin Robin have? Isn't that the thirty-one flavor? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Uh, 32. Thirty-two. I don't know. I was going to say 89. <laughs> 89. It's actually, it's actually hidden in their logo. There's a BR and a 3-1 hidden in their logo. Subliminal. Chick-fil-A beat KFC for a better chicken sandwich. Sorry. Oh, sandwich? Yeah, all right. Chicken sandwich, yeah. And right. uh, better shake? Now, this one I'm not so sure. Not because I think one is better than the other, but... Sonic beat Wendy's, which is the frosty and actual shake. No, it's not. It's yeah, not. No, it's it like no. an ice that's, that's, cream that's an obscenity thing. 
No, yeah, what a is frosty. It? You can you try to hit a frosty through a straw. You'll blow an eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> you'll pull your tonsils out of your you, head. You'll 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 have an aneurysm trying to get the first hit off a straw and a frosty. You got to drill down into a frosty. That doesn't become liquid till about halfway through. Yeah, that's a spoon. I'll tell you only. a good shake. Uh, is the banana shake at either Rallies or Steak and Shake? Rallies. Yeah, we don't Where have are you finding a Rallies? Never Bill? had a Rallies. Oh yeah, I've rallies. had it. They're, they're Bill, the Midwest. They're good. Bell, when you got enough uh, reference points that you're pulling out banana shakes at mid. Yeah, I'm a fat slob, <laughs> and I'm working on it. What do you want from me? My- I want to throw. You brought up the topic. I was running. <laughs> you got you got two different banana shakes in your arsenal. Leave it alone, Bob, and it's hoagie time. <laughs> I used to I used to go to rallies all the time. Whenever I was in, uh, whenever I went to um, Risenstein Middle School over in East Liberty, there yeah. was a rallies on Bomb Boulevard, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was uh, whatever Fifth turns into. It was like in, right in the beginning of Homewood. And oh, okay. so it's kind of scary to go and like sit in the drive through. Yeah, but you know what? I've gone into some dangerous areas for the right kind of food. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I did it. Dude, I mean, some for some reason that seems to be the best kind of food. Oh, yeah. Like, we risked our lives yes. to be here. This is going to be delicious. I never Absolutely. didn't peel out after they put the bag <laughs> in the car. Thank you. Dude, there was plenty of times I, I rolled out a Fiori's post 2 a.m. with a pie, and I was like, that was close. That <laughs> uh, could have gone either way. You know, I really got to start uh, rethinking my choices here. <laughs> I mean, they—they they don't. They're not even open late anymore. They're—I think they close at eleven. But I think that was part of the reason why. There'd be a few yeah. times where I'm like, "Those guys are hanging out in here, huh?" <laughs> like, I'm in—I'm in the middle of something bad. There, there was a—I'm <laughs> the innocent bystander. A 24-hour open all night uh, Wendy's in East Liberty on Bomb. And that's, I think, the one you're talking about. Oh, dude, I know that one. That one had a Kennywood line out out the back. Yeah, I, I know that one. When I lived over at Shady Side, I knew. Yeah, that was a that was an easy one to hit. Forecast today: hot, humid, chance of showers and thunderstorms. Ninety degrees for the high today. It's seventy three at DV. And you know what my friends always used to say, and I think Bill will get a kick out of this. Like they'd be like, uh, you know what? I'm gonna get a chicken sandwich, and uh, and then they just look around the car and they'd say, you know what? Make it a meal. And then they'd get another sandwich, and then they'd be like, you know what? I'm going to make that a meal, too. Uh, you know what? Why don't you go make that a meal? Yeah. Get some nuggets. make this a meal? And make that a meal. <laughs> Super size it. Oh, Biggie size it. Biggie oh, size oh, it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Mike Pursuta coming in. Stanley Cup Finals last night, game one, goes to Marc-Andre Fleury and the Golden Knights. Buckos get blown out by the Cubs. They drop eight of the last ten, plate the plate, getting all of the... Uh, Bucks. <laughs> it's the Bucks barometer for Billy Gardell is... Uh, Bucks. Yeah. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike's in next, DV. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pesuta here with your sports. We got Billy Gardell live in Los Angeles, California. Crash. And Mike live in the studios in Green Tree. Six to four, Vegas over Washington in game one of the Stanley Cup final the last night. (laughs) 
and historic opening of the Stanley Cup Final. First time in Stanley Cup Final history that there were four lead changes in a game. Just the third time that's happened in NHL playoff history and the first time since 1992. You don't see that every night. The back and forth, the up and down. It was uh, compelling and then some. Yeah, it was. Vegas, yeah. Vegas probably came out of that game thinking our pressure game can get to these guys. We can force mistakes in their end and do what we've done all year. Uh, the Caps probably came out of that game thinking we can get to Marc-Andre Fleury. We scored four, and we could have scored more. Um, be interesting to see what uh, adjustments each team makes going into <laughs> game two Wednesday. I think both teams are going to try to settle this down and not play uh, quite such a frenetic game. How do you think the Penguins would have matched up with the Golden Knights had they advanced? I think they would have had trouble getting out of their end. Just a four-checking machine. Yeah, they're... Uh, they're they're heavy and they're fast, uh, fast enough. Uh, they can they can pester the hell out of you, and they did at times last night. But uh, I also think that last night proved that uh, Flurry is vulnerable. He's not impenetrable. Uh, not that he played terrible last night, but he wasn't great. Neither was Braden Holpe. And so many times uh, the Caps had plays around the net that they couldn't finish uh, cross crease passes, uh, including in the final minute when Lars Eller. Had an open net, a tap-in from the crease, and he couldn't finish it off uh, in large part because Braden McNabb of Vegas was able to get stick on stick and disrupt it just enough. But uh, the Caps left a lot, I thought, on the table last night, and uh, they think they can do better. Uh, Vegas was uh, opportunistic and was able to uh, execute on what turned out to be the game-winning goal, uh, a cross-ice pass and a one-timer by Tomas Nosek at 9.44 of the third period. Uh, that gave Vegas a 5-4 lead. Then Nosek added an empty netter with three seconds left to finish things off. Ryan Reeves had tied things up at 4-4 at 2.41 of the third period. That on a plane which he first cross-checked the hell out of Caps defenseman John Carlson. Uh, no penalty was called. Matt Niskanen talked about uh, maybe a penalty should have been called in the aftermath. It definitely could have been called. Based on the first penalty they called in the game, that one's uh, pretty similar and it leads right to a goal in the slot. So, pretty similar. Comparing apples to apples, I think that one's even worse. So. But uh, we're not going to blame that one on the officiating tonight. We, we need to play better. Uh, it's a it's a finals traditionally you don't they don't call very much so we're gonna have to battle through that stuff. Yeah, now the first penalty he referenced uh, it was a boarding call, not a cross check, but a boarding call on uh, Andre Burakovsky at five fifty three of the first period. Uh, that that turned out to be the only power play Vegas got all night, and uh, Vegas cashed it in. Uh, Washington was zero for one with the man advantage. The Caps need to do more. Uh, if they get subsequent power play opportunities, uh, Niskanen also talked about some other uh, anticipated adjustments for game two. We have to protect the slot a little better. Um, when we, and when we have the puck on our stick, we have to make harder plays with it. Uh, there was a little bit too much uh, just poke and hope tonight. Um, you know, it's heavy. It's, or it's tough because they're coming with heavy pressure, so you got to corral the puck and uh, make a play with it. Uh, but if you can't make a play, then you got to advance it um, so we can hunt it down and at least pressure them and it's out of danger. Poke and hope. Isn't that that Sandra Bullock movie? 
and say that Thank was my you. approach in college. <laughs> he does make a good point. When when you go back to retrieve the puck, if you're Washington, that's, you, that's how I follow my directions when I'm cooking hamburgers. Hook it up. You you better know what you're going to do with it when you get there. You don't have time to collect the puck and then look around and assess where the pass should go. And you better get back there and make a simple play and get it the hell out of your end because. Uh, Vegas can torture you that way, and they did uh, Washington at times last night. Uh, and then uh, with the bad ice, and uh, if if it's going to be bad the rest of the series, which it probably will based on the time of year that it is and the locations, uh, the simpler plays are going to have to be made. Uh, maybe not as pretty on the offensive end for Washington. Uh, looked like they were trying to get Marc-Andre Fleury uh, reacting and then – pass it around him and, and bang one into an empty net. They might have to just get more pucks on net and hope for more screens, tips, deflections, rebounds, that kind of thing. I'm with you. I don't think the, I don't think this series is going to be anywhere near as wide open as the game one was, and I think it has to do with, I mean, maybe a couple players have been in this situation before, but as a team, neither organization yeah. has been here. Not many. Yeah, that was, uh, you, you, everybody was a little... Uh, Ramped up. And, hey, this uh, is our first time. Yep. And it just, it looked like it. It was just going back and forth. Well, it was fun to watch, though. Awesome game. What, what a show. Uh, I just hope the Capitals lose. Me too. I'm with you on that. Me too, man. Bill. Well, if you're into the uh, Doc Emmerich history, not prophecy, they're well on their way because uh, since 1939, teams that won game one of the Stanley Cup final have won 78.2% of the time, 61 of 78. Nobody's uh, lost game one and then won it since the 2011 Boston Bruins. If I was a Knights fan, I'd go dressed as Merlin every night <laughs> from Excalibur. You wouldn't go Elvis? No, nah, I'd go Merlin and just do that chant in Excalibur. Every night, down by Flurry's goal to help him. Dude, that was like... Yinzer Satanism or something like that scared me. Like you just you in a cult. They just Excalibur. I learned that when I watched that movie when I was a kid. I like, wanted to know that chant. Doesn't work. I tried it a thousand. Sound like you're giving an exorcism to somebody in Edgewood. <laughs> I like all the Elvis guys at the Knights games. Yeah, and I love that they play Viva Las Vegas after they win. Oh, it's great. Awesome. Yeah, you gotta like that. I don't know how long, uh, you know, if they if they didn't have a, a winning team, if the, it would be the same, but uh, it never is anywhere. I don't no. know why people yeah. are trying to hold them to that standard by qualifying their fan support, saying, oh, well, if they weren't winning, you know, it wouldn't be like that. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. It's always every... You know, if my aunt had different genitalia, yeah, exactly. she'd be my uncle. That's right. Drop by PNC Park in August if the trend continues. <laughs> hey, you don't got to wait to August, man. They... They ain't been doing too well. Ah, right now. Yeah. Didn't do very well uh, yesterday. By, what, an average of 20 over the weekend? Well, probably not quite. Um, I got my, Which is like half full. My attendance stuff say, here. Uh, what's, our, what's our team ERA after this weekend, Mike? For, I don't know, about Bill. 12 or 13? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's quite that high. Uh, they had 19,382 19, for yesterday's 7 nothing loss to the Cubs. Uh, they have had 27 home dates. They've drawn over 20,000, which isn't great. Right. It's respectable nine times. They've drawn under 15,000 11 times. 
And uh, some of that was popped up by uh, Andrew McCutcheon's return for three games. And uh, in the last couple series, we've seen a lot of Cardinals and a lot of Cubs fans showing up. Uh, You know. uh... Don't they know what we're trying to do here? Come on. Messing it up. Buying those tickets. Oh, it's painful to love them. I feel like I'm in an abused relationship with the Pirates. Uh, I mean, you make excuses for them, you know. I do. Nah, they didn't mean it. They they were going to sign a free agent. It just got, you know, I time just ticked away. It's terrible. That's right. They mean well. Maybe it's what it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I brought this on. <laughs> they got six uh, innings of one-run ball from Chad Cool yesterday, but uh, when you get two hits, as the Pirates did, that's not going to get it done. They'll try it again tonight against Chicago. Nick Kingham makes his fourth start. For the Buccos, in place of Ivan Nova, who's been placed on the 10-day disabled list with a finger issue. Uh, Kingham's 2-1 and one with a 3.44 ERA through three starts. He'll be opposed by John Lester, 4-2, and 2.37. And uh, the NBA Finals is now set after Golden State's 101-92 to win in Game 7 at Houston last night for the fourth straight year. It'll be wow. Golden State against Cleveland. 4-1-3 ERA for the Buccos, 16th in the league. What is it? Uh, four thirteen. Four thirteen. Yeah, well, that just hung you right up. Sixteenth in the league or in baseball? In the league I think or Billy in the baseball? I'm really sorry. upset yeah. about that. If it was in the league, that'd be really bad. No, yeah, no. I, I forget to be more specific with baseball leagues. How about the Cleveland? How about the Cleveland Lebrons though? What they're doing this year is pretty <laughs> unique. They have any chance against Golden State? I mean, with LeBron on the court, it's the best team versus the best player in the world. So, I mean, I don't give them much of a chance because even if this Warriors team isn't playing well, there's nobody if LeBron's off the court. Well, Houston shot uh, 7 for 44 from three-point range yesterday. That's bad. (laughs) Horrible. There's no bueno. All right, we'll, we'll figure out how to get Billy back on the uh, phone there, pay our uh, long-distance bill. We'll be right back. More with happened in a while. Billy Gardell on DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell hanging out with us live from Los Angeles, California. Are you? Hello. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, 13 things you should never wear to work in the summertime. Now that the weather's hot, everybody starts dressing differently. And this, according to Business Insider, is a list of things you should cross off your... Maybe I'll wear that tomorrow <laughs> list. Well, everyone knows uh, you shouldn't wear shorts or sandals into the office, they say, at any point in time. But ladies, Mike just looked over like, all I wear is shorts. Ladies, they say no tank tops or halters. Tube tops. <laughs> I call them tube tops. Well, no, there are different uh, tube things. Tube tops it's are, a different yeah, without thing, yeah. the straps. I was just adding to the list. Tube, tube tops, tops are tank tops. Tube tops uh, is like just a, an elastic band. Yeah, like they used to wear in the 70s all the time. Yes. And some of those really defy gravity. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how <laughs> some of them stay on. I don't know how them tube. Those, that's a good tube. <laughs> that tube's yeah. good. They stay on top. No bare midriffs. No showing your belly. No half shirts. No half shirts. I mean, look, guys. I mean, it's warm, and I like to feel the breeze on my stomach. You can't wear your Penn Hills cut off uh, football <laughs> jersey, the mesh shirt, mesh. <laughs> with your with your umbros. 
and your sambas. Um, <laughs> your sambas. <laughs> Those are soccer Adidas. They're back, though. No? They've been oh, back yeah, for a long back. time. Uh, no cutoffs ever. No cutoff shorts. Nobody's allowed to wear cutoffs. Hmm. You, well, can't- if you can't wear shorts, and you can't wear cutoffs. That seems to be yeah, redundant, redundant to me. You can't wear anything to work that you bought for the swimming pool or the beach, <laughs> they say. You'd think No cover-ups? Was- yeah. Val, uh, <laughs> I'm going to come in tomorrow in my pashmina. <laughs> Val, anything strapless, so there's your tube top. Okay. Nothing yeah. strapless. No flip flops. No flip flops. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't apply to Bill, and yeah, it almost doesn't apply to us. But people who have regular jobs, like yeah. bank jobs, yeah. Nobody here wears flip flops to work. I don't. Think I don't so. wear them because it's so cold in here. Well, I don't wear them because I have disgusting looking feet. <laughs> I got great looking feet. You do? Yeah, but I wouldn't wear. I'd show them off if I do. Were you here. ever wear flip flops? No, I hate them. They're terrible. You wear the like, the entire time I'm walking. I'm concentrating. What kind hold of hold on to it? Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> What's the point of that? Uh, no socks with sandals. They say. Oh, does don't wear that ever. No yoga pants, Val. Especially in the MRI machine. No, yeah, you can't. In the MRI machine, it'll pick up a little magnets. It'll melt it. You'll sear the pants to your body. Ooh. What? That's right. Yeah, something about the spandex. And What's in the yoga? No Light boxers rock. peeking out of your uh, jeans. This is probably for the younger Again, sex. Again, that's, that's everywhere all the time. What, I can't Not sag? Summer. Come on. Shirts can't be unbuttoned past the first button. <laughs> Mike is guilty again. What do you mean, like the collar button? Mike, no, gonna, you, you're one too far. Yeah, you're, am I? For, for what they this. say is work, yeah. Sean McDowell goes to the belly button. I mean, straight. <laughs> he has the full wolf is out. Yes. McDowell looks like he was in a windstorm when he comes in. <laughs> All the time. But he has enough chest hair where it seems like it's an undershirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no sunglasses indoors, like on top of your head, or what anything. if you're just running in for a second? Uh, I don't know. I think that's acceptable. Anything sheer, Val? That's mostly for you, the ladies. Again, probably a good idea all the time. Yes, <laughs> no sheer shorts. But definitely not. Certainly, this applies differently to different jobs. This is more for the business setting. Not the DVE. Not the DVE <laughs> setting where we barely get to. We barely get dressed. I dress in the yeah. dark. I stopped myself from going out the door today because I've dressed in the dark, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I look ridiculous." <laughs> I had to, I had to take <laughs> off the shirt I had on because it looked so dumb, and I'm like, "This thing, I don't even know where this is from." I think it's from like 2003. Well, you're not in your right mind, and no. you start going through your closet. You know, I haven't worn that That's shirt what in a I while, did. and I need to put it into the rotation. I go, that shirt will be fine, and I put it on. I'm like, oh, my God, I almost wore that to work. I would have made them made fun of me all Get rid morning. of that shirt. Seriously, throw it out. It's gone. It literally went yeah. right into my, Bye-bye's. you're going the Goodwill pile. <laughs> that you never take to Goodwill? Because I, I have two bags in, in my trunk. Up. And I've had it there for like a year and I a half. I love going to Goodwill. It's my favorite thing. Bill, you know what I got lined up, ready to go to Goodwill right now? What do you got? And I touch? hate to part with it. What? A Papasan chair. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is. Dude, either. remember those? Like, they used those to sell them at great. Pier 1 all like, the time. Wick, a big yeah. round wicker It's thing? that big round thing. It always oh, was. Yeah, I always liked it. Satellite. 
Yeah, it's like sitting in a satellite dish. That's right. Yeah, and uh, any time you have friends over, that always doubled as a, you can just sleep in that thing. <laughs> or take the cushion off and throw it on the floor. It's the total college, like, post-college apartment. Mm-hmm. Like a, your first real chair. <laughs> takes up space. It just eats a, a big corner of the house. Huge corner, yeah. yeah. It's been sitting in, a, in an empty room for a long time, so time to get rid of that thing. Did you? That was the, that's easily the dumbest chair I've ever had. The chair I've been looking for for a long time is the one my uh, my cousin had, which was that hanging chair from the seventies, uh, like a oh, yeah. the bird cage. Yeah, looked like a little bird cage. You know what I'm talking about, Bill? Yes. Mm-hmm. What? What? No. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Like the, I could never sit in that though. I'd snap that. <laughs> <laughs> Should be on Love America. Whenever I'd see one, I'd, uh, and somebody said, like, oh, yeah, no, I'll stand." How about the pod chair? You remember those where you sit in them and they had he- it was like being inside headphones. It just had speakers. No. Yeah, those are just yes. stupid. After I saw Dazed and Confused the first time, I was like, "That's the coolest chair I've ever seen." Yeah, I want to get it. It had an eight track on the side. <laughs> that thing, that thing looked cool. Like kids love it. I'll tell you the thing about eight tracks. I had a bunch of eight tracks because we had one in our basement, and I knew so many songs by the way they switched. On the on the H track <laughs> yeah. on the H track like you know like Rush Free Will it went back like a full thirty seconds on the recording on that one and I remember like wondering why didn't they engineer it so it had a little more seamless <laughs> but every time it switched tracks it was the clunkiest thing I can't believe we stuck with eight tracks as long as we did I just got yeah, rid right? of all my cassettes did you really what'd you do with them I'm never I took doing them to Goodwill did you. No way. Because I thought, I don't have anything to play them on. I can get all this music, and half of it I already have on CD. I have mine stored in a big Tupperware tub thing, but I just get too many. I mean, I'm too nostalgic looking at that. There's too many yeah. good memories associated They're with those. They're so heavy, though. And yeah. again, they eat up the space in your garage or your basement. No, I'm dying with those things. You, you, you will not part with your cassettes? No. Why? CDs I'll hold on to. Because I love them. There's so like, ma- I have I so many. Vine. I love my vinyl, but I don't feel the same way about cassettes. It's because I have 8 million bootlegs, and they oh, all like represent oh, okay. different so points in time. Different, yeah. yeah, okay, I get that. One I of a kind. Yeah, 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 they're great. I trashed all my high school ones last week. I thought you meant like you had a flock of seagulls cassette you weren't going to play. No, I have tons <laughs> of <laughs> bootlegs and just great, great recordings and... What you you got rid of yours last week? Yeah, well, um, my mom passed away a while ago, so last weekend, me and uh, my sister and my cousin went to clean the house out, and uh, all my stuff from my early life was still there, like oh, from man. year one to wow. going. And to, you got rid of those? My, oh, I chucked everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, well, not quite everything. everything. I saved. Uh, I found two autographs. I got. Uh, I think when I was in junior high, uh, Maynard Ferguson. Oh wow, yeah. that's. Pretty oh, good wow. one. And Vince Papali. That's hilarious. <laughs> I Invincible. Remember, I don't even remember getting that. Was it two Mike? Good luck, Vince Papali. <laughs> See, I'm nostalgic for all that stuff. Like Serena is the same way as you are, Randy. Like she is. She will die with her CD collection. Mm-hmm. And me, like I, I'm nostalgic for it, but I'm also like, I need that real estate in the garage now. Like I can't. Uh, yeah. I don't want yeah. that sitting in there in that in that same box. It weighs nine hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, me, my cousin, and my sister made a pack because my parents saved so much crap. We said we got to check each other and never let it get to this point where somebody has to spend two days cleaning out our crap after. We yeah. Die. 
Like, my parents saved their tax returns. But going back to 1951. Wow. They moved twice, which means they hauled all that crap <laughs> twice to the next house. That's unbelievable. Yeah. My dad made $3,052 from the Freedom Area School District in 1952. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Oh, the, the, the we, two dumpsters and we're not done yet. It's going to be another weekend in July we're going back. Well, that pisses my dad off every time he mentions it. He goes, you know, one of these days you guys are going to come back and just tell me who wants what. You know, you guys maybe one of these days figure it out. And we're always Chances like. Chances are good. Nobody's going to want That's what we say. Any. We're like, yeah. nah, man, we're just going to we're gonna just put back some dumpsters up there and just throw everything. He's like, no. And we're like, oh, yeah, dude, it's all going in a dumpster. Apparently it's a generational <laughs> thing. The dumpster guy was BSing with us. Uh-huh. He said he's making sick money, stupid money. From being a dumpster guy. Because people are like... Everybody my parents' age or in that generation is dying off, and none of their uh, yeah. offspring want any of their wanna stuff. Want to keep any of it. And everybody in that age bracket is now trying to avoid getting the dumpster now, so every time you come to their house, they're like, take something. Come on. Oh you got, I, got a ch- I got a rocking chair. You need one. The my- other thing that's apparently huge now is storage units. Yeah. Because people that don't want to throw the stuff away but don't have anything to do with it get a storage unit, and they put it in there... Then they just pay for the storage unit for ten years, and the stuff just sits there. I did, I did that, and you know what I did at the end? I just stopped paying my <laughs> storage you unit. You were on storage wars, and then they called and go, "Hey, uh, you're uh, you're overdue." And I go, yeah. ah, "Keep nah, all that. You got it yet? <laughs> you can keep that." Somebody is rifling through your stuff right now. It's like Bill Murray and Strife. Have fun. You can't park here. We're not parking it. We're abandoning it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're deserting. First step was to move it off site. Second step, it's somebody else's problem. Billy Gardell, live in Los Angeles every Tuesday here on the DVE Morning Show. Bill, love your brother. Thanks for making time for us. Love you, Billy. Have a great day today. What? Everyone's being nice. Nobody said nothing. All Just right. loving I you. Love you. We love you. Have a great day. All right. See you, Bill. Later on. Uh, special thanks to Phil Bork for a surprise appearance oh, today great. to just <laughs> flip out about Tom Wilson, too. That was great. Tomorrow on the show, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, and Mark Madden, and a whole lot more for you. Michelle's up next. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.